Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Talk Recorded live. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Exceptional Scribble Show. I am your host, Sage, the poet. That's my signature. It gives me great pleasure to come again another Tuesday night on the show's broadcast. And, of course, to you, to each and every one of you who make up the listening audience, it is indeed an honor. It is a privilege to have this opportunity. And for tonight, Let's get started. Let me begin with the itinerary. First and foremost, I want to say thank you, of course, to all of the show's supporters. A special thanks to the No Note Show. They are always promoting us, and I want them to know that we appreciate and love them and thank them because they are winds beneath the wings of this show's broadcast. Also, a special note, we cater to callers, so the exclusive interview hour may go over time. Sometimes that hour extends to an hour and a half. We just want to make sure that all callers are able to connect and tune in and be a part of the broadcast. Our show relies on you to each and every one listening. So feel free to call in. The show's call-in number is 724-444. Seven four four four. I repeat, seven two four 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 seven four four four. And after you have dialed that number, listen closely to the voice prompts. You will hear instructions for what's needed next. Also, you will be requested to type into your phone keypad the show's ID number. The show's ID number is 133193. And then press the pound key, ladies and gentlemen. Also, if you would like to connect and join us via live stream, access the internet at the following website. You will go to www.talkshoe.com. I repeat, www.talkshoe.com. And afterwards, just type in the show's ID number. You will find a a blank space at the top in the center of the homepage where the show's ID number is to be typed. That is where you would type 133199. And then press the pound key. And you will navigate to our show's homepage on TalkShoe.com. All right, ladies and gentlemen, 
Thanks again for tuning in. You are tuned in to episode 221 of the Exceptional Scribble Show. And I am your host, Faith, the poet. That is my signature. Thanks for tuning in, everyone. For tonight's broadcast, listen closely. We are beginning with the exclusive interview hour. Again, we cater to callers, thus the exclusive interview hour may go over time. Next, we had to start our broadcast a little later this evening. There were a couple of technical issues that needed to be resolved. But again, the show must go on. We are coming to you live. And for those tuning in, welcome. Thank you. And for tonight, our topic is, the pros and the cons of asserting yourself as a, quote, end quote, fashion forward, curvy woman. That is our topic, the pros and the cons of asserting yourself as a, quote, end quote, fashion forward, curvy woman. Our focus is curvy women a.k.a. plus-size models, promoting inclusion to break stereotypes about models. Yes, curvy women, a.k.a. plus-size models, promoting inclusion to break stereotypes about models. I don't know about you ladies out there that are tuned in, but Being a curvy woman, (laughs) I know that tonight's topic and our focus concerns me, and I believe it concerns a majority of women out there. And so I'm very pleased. I'm very pleased to bring on the special guest and feature artist that we have scheduled for tonight's broadcast. Also, I just want you to know Uh, And I received this information straight from her, Ms. Charlene Brown, ladies and gentlemen. Yes, she will be the feature artist in the spotlight for tonight's show. And she is our special guest. And I'm going to give you some facts to follow about this phenomenal woman. First and foremost, Charlene Brown is a producer of plus-size fashion shows, a curvy Zumba instructor, and an educator. To add, Charlene Brown is in the process of writing her own book. It's about coming to terms with being a curvy black woman. Oh, my gosh. This is amazing. I've never had the opportunity to bring on such a guest. I am so delighted to have her for tonight. And now without any further ado, I am turning the spotlight on to our special guest and feature artist. I am now rolling the carpet, ladies and gentlemen, so that we all can begin learning more because there's a lot for us to learn about such a phenomenal woman. 
And might I add, she is an entrepreneur. And yes, she is definitely a mover and a shaker, ladies and gentlemen. She is not afraid, not afraid to break down barriers. And that's important. So we're going to now engage, ladies and gentlemen, for the listeners, the listening audience. Uh, get your pencils, get your pens, get your writing tools, get your writing pads, even if you want to do electronic writing. Now's the time. Get your iPads ready so you can take notes because you're going to hear facts and figures. You're going to learn uh, things that you did not or may not have already known, and you get to find out how you can be a part for those ladies out there whom are plus size, whom are curvy women, how you can be a part of Ms. Charlene R. Brown's fashion shows. Yes, if you're interested, you need to have your writing tools at hand because you're going to get that information too. So without any further ado, ladies and gentlemen, I'm rolling the red carpet and turning the spotlight on to the feature artist and special guest, Ms. Charlene R. Brown. Let's give her a warm welcome. Welcome. Good evening. Good evening. Good, good evening. evening. This is yes, Charlene Brown, evening. creator of Envy This Curvaceous Models, coming to you guys tonight. I am so excited to be here just to awesome. share some things about my journey as a plus-size woman, and to talk a little bit about modeling, because it's a big thing now, is models everywhere, and now you are just finally seeing plus-size models popping up from nowhere, Mm -hmm. and it's a good thing. So I'm going to shout that out and talk a little bit about that tonight. Excellent, excellent, and I thank you. You sound like someone that is very highly uh, motivated in yeah. doing what you're doing. I can tell just from what you've spoken and just the energy that you emanate that this is a passion. Can you kind of give us a little background information on who maybe encouraged you to get yeah, started yeah. with this uh, major yeah. task mm-hmm. and, and, and how you began? Thank you so much. Absolutely. Um, In my family, all of us are curvy women, and we get that from our voluptuous, wonderful mother. All of my Mm -hmm. sisters have curves in all the right spots, but I wanted to show my curves a little bit more. So I tried Mm -hmm. to audition a few times with different shows that had came to Philadelphia, regular Mm -hmm. model calls that had went out, and all of the women that were there were either under a size 10 Five, none of them was above a size 12. So, of course, that made me so uncomfortable. As I strutted my stuff and my heels just as high as them, they was looking mm-hmm. at me like, I don't even know why she even stepped in here. We're not interested in anybody that big. So mm. I felt self-conscious about myself. So mm-hmm. I felt like, you know what, maybe I need to lose some more weight. But I knew that I was I was not born skinny. I was not that woman that said, oh, years ago I was small. I was not. Mm-hmm. I have always been a plus-size girl, even when I was young. The only time, the smallest I have ever seen in my life was when I was small. As I became a teenager, I got bigger. 
So mm-hmm. me strutting my stuff, I was confident in myself, but they was not confident in me. So I decided, you know what, it got to be somebody that wants me. So I went to a big, beautiful audition, and mm-hmm. the gentleman picked me, and I was beyond ecstatic because I really put myself out there. And I said, if I go here and there's a whole bunch of skinny girls, I'm just going to leave. But he was not prejudiced against plus-size women. He wanted plus-size women, skinny women. He wanted them all because he wasn't prejudiced against one type of woman. So right. that made me feel like, all right, since he allowed me to be in this show, I'm going to step out on my own, and I'm going to try to produce shows and let plus-size girls know that, hey, it is only 15% of us out there. We need to make it more than 50%. When you look at mm-hmm. commercials now, you only see a hit and a miss of a plus-size mm-hmm. girl. And then you mm-hmm. see less of a black plus-size girl. So I mm-hmm. want to show women that you don't have to be afraid to be, one, a black woman now, two, a plus-size black woman now, three, a confident plus-size black woman now. So I want to show them that it's more to us than just our, our booty jiggling. It's jiggling for a reason. But guess what? When we put those heels on, eyes and heads be a turning when we jiggling around because they love to see it. And I just want all women out there to know there is a place for you. We are confident right. and together we can overcome the stereotypes that have been thrown upon us. Beautiful, beautiful. I love that. Thank you so much, even for um, giving us an insider about your life and how you became motivated to do what you're doing right now for curvaceous women. And I love Mm -hmm. how you said, um, when we put on our heels, we turn heads too. And I think that having that confidence boost is necessary in general, outside of even the profession of modeling. When you have Mm -hmm. good self-esteem, it just changes everything for you, you know, Mm -hmm. and and your approach is different as for um, your life and and how you interact with other people. Can you um, kind of give a little uh, insight to maybe someone they're not quite sure of uh, whether or not um, making that move is essential as far as becoming a part of a fashion show. Maybe they are fashion forward as a curvy woman, but Mm -hmm. they don't know for certain about that, whether they should get into that line of work. Mm -hmm. You know, Mm -hmm. maybe some are a little shy, they're a little um, reluctant because they're like, "I, I just don't, know that I want to be out there like that because there are those that, you know, are watching me. Could you kind of touch on uh, why that's, you know, just kind of give some insight to that person of of what they need to see this as that would change their opinion about it? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Every woman, when we get up in the morning and we get dressed, When we look in the mirror, we see that special person looking back at us. We see that sparkle in our own eyes. 
So mm-hmm. when we leave that house, we already a model when we walking down the street. So if you're looking in the mirror and you're comfortable and confident, in order to model, you have to be comfortable and confident. And that means the circle of people that circle you have to feel your energy. They have to be the ones that say, yes, girl, you got that. You is wearing that dress. If the people in your circle are constantly negative and they constantly saying to you, you know what, that dress is too tight. You should have wore something bigger. You should have wore black. You should have covered up your stomach more. You should wear your dress to your ankles, and those are not the people for you. Everybody has the capability of being more than what they are. They have the capability of being better. They have the capability of living their dreams. Why keep looking at the magazine, looking at somebody else when that could be you and you could be showing your own face in that magazine right there? Why should somebody else be doing it when you know you really want to do it? The beautiful thing is now is Ashley Stewart and Tori always have competitions. And they pick models, everyday women. You send in your picture and they choose and then they fly you out, and you can win competitions from them. So curvy women are coming up in the world. It's not just Victoria's Secret anymore. Now mm-hmm. you have Kashyyyk by Lane Bryant. You have sexy stuff from Ashley Stewart. Tori has bust out of the box with their clothing as well as their lingerie. Because for years we always seen Victoria's Secret models on TV, Tyra Banks and all of them with their wings on, and we were sort of jealous. Let's be honest. We was jealous, like, wow, I wish I could wear that little skimpy outfit. Guess what? The plus-size store has it for us, and it's all about your confidence when you put it on. For these young ladies out there and grown women, because I'm a grown woman, and even mm-hmm. these grown women, it's never too late to break into it. It's never too late. Ashley mm. Stewart caters not to the younger woman, but to the middle age, I would say, in your 20s, 30s, 40s, and even 50s, because these women are still sexy. So it's all about your confidence level. If somebody else don't have confidence in you, you have to give it to yourself. You have to keep telling yourself, I'm worth this. I know I can do this, and I'm about to do this. That leads me into our health issues. As plus-size women, people automatically look at us and they say, she's not healthy. I don't want her run, walking on a runway and then she fall out from who knows what. They automatically judge us for our size. But guess what? There are plus-size women out there that have no major health issues. We're just a little thicker around the waist. There's plus-size women out there that are comfortable with their size, so therefore they like, I'm healthy, I'm good. And even the ones that may have some health issues, they're working on it. That's where I try to tie everything in in my life between the modeling and the working out. I became a Zumba instructor about a year and a half ago because it was no curvy ones out there. And I said, listen, we're going to tie this all in because I want my models to be healthy. I don't want you to just be running a runway. I want you to be healthy, plus size, models, confident in their self. When I walk from, when I'm walking, when I'm going to work, I see women out there, and I could see some that have so much confidence, one, in how they walk, two, in how they dress. And these are plus-size women because I look at them a lot, and I, I am one that will compliment you, like, girl, you are really wearing those heels or you really wearing that dress. You need to be a model. Like, I was telling my students, listen, 
I'm about to have another show, and I'm really interested in y'all being in the, in the show because they're confident young women. So when you out there, anybody can do this. It's not just a selective few. Anybody can do this. And no, you don't have to wear a pound of makeup, and no, you don't have to tie your waist up. No, you don't have to wear a waist cincher. No, you don't have to wear a girdle that's going to, you can't even breathe because mean-looking models to me are not cute models. I want you to walk the way you will walk when you're feeling sexy. When you put that cute little skirt on and, you know, you got that little sexy walk, that's how I want you to walk on the runway. I don't want you to look like those little bony models looking like they're dead. Their faces look pale. They got, they not smiling. They not happy. I want you to smile. Your family is usually out there in the audience. I want you to show your family, look at the confidence I have in myself. She believes in me, and I want you to believe in me also. But first, you got to believe in yourself. If you don't believe in yourself, it's not much I could do for you because I can't force you to do something that you're not ready to do. So if you're not ready, let's have a group. Most women need to come come together just like your show. We come together. We discuss topics that's important to us. And we make a collaboration and a promise to each other that we're going to help each other and do better. So I always felt like, let me help you be better so that you can have as much confidence in yourself as I have in me. People always say, oh, Charlene, you know, you wear this and you wear that and you wear the other because I'm comfortable in in my skin. When I feel like it's too tight, then I know, Mm -hmm. hey, listen, I got to take this off. It ain't looking complimentary to me. Does right. that mean that I gotta walk around with a sheet on, with just my arms sticking out of it? No, mm. but that does mean there is a proper look for every woman walking the street. There is a proper look that's gonna complement you and complement your shape. Like I noticed, a lot of curvy women are wearing those bodycon skirts that are more fitted on your hips, and a lot of them are looking really, really good in them. They looking really good. As long as it's comfortable for you and it's looking good on you, then rock it. So for anybody out there that's interested in modeling or interested in stepping in that limelight, don't let nothing hold you back and don't let anybody hold you back. Go ahead and just tiptoe out there because there are competitions that's all over the place. You just got to look for them. That's what you got to do. You got to look for them. Wonderful, wonderful. Thank you so much for sharing. sharing insight for all our potential curvy women who are potentials as for modeling, because I'm sure there are a lot that are listening and considering that possibly um, will sign on to being a part of a fashion show. Um, Can you also share, maybe there was someone in your life who inspired you that was a curvy woman? Can you share a little information about them? Or if you have a mentor uh, that Mm -hmm. happens to be a curvy woman or maybe even a model, could you share about uh, that inspiration that they provide you Mm -hmm. with and how that has really helped you to stay motivated? Well, I would have to honestly say between my sisters and my daughter, because my daughter is not real big, but she has some curves in all the right spaces also. And because of her confidence that she has, she always inspires me. She's not necessarily my mentor, but she is the one that I go to for the most confidence. She is my confidence booster. 
because she always tells me when it's looking good, but she also tells me when it's looking bad. But so <laughs> she is my motivator along mm-hmm. with my sisters because, as I said, all of my sisters are curvy women. My one right. sister, she makes her own clothing. She does African clothing, and she makes her own clothing, and she looks fabulous in them. So I think my family would be the best mentors. And my husband is always in my corner. He is always in my corner, always pushing me a little bit further. Like, you could do this. Like, he's always, like, nudging me in that direction. Like, you know this is what you want to do, so your moms will go ahead and do it. So my family um, is definitely my support because people always come to me for support Mm -hmm. because – uh, fortunate for, for me, I have been blessed with a voice to calm people down. So people always come to me for that, oh, you're my support system. So for me to have somebody that I can lean on, that's important to me, you know, because, mm-hmm. like I said, my family is the ones that I lean on. Now, everybody else can lean on my shoulders also, but every now and then I need somebody to lay my head on, you know, so that they can – push me along and make me be better than what I am because we all could be better than what we are. We think that we can, but you really can. If you just stop, my boss always tell me, get out of my own way. She's like, you know what, Ms. Brown, you're blocking yourself. So sometimes I know I'm blocking myself and sometimes I know I may start something and stop it. But with my family, they'd be like, listen, you started this. You got to see it to the end. So I finally got to the point right now (laughs) where I'm like, you know what? I got to not be afraid of failure because sometimes you fail. Sometimes you start things. When I first started these um, modeling shows, the first one went well. The second one didn't go well. By the third one, it was iffy, so I gave up. But now I'm ready to bring it back in because just because you fail one time doesn't mean you're going to constantly fail. But if you give up, you're never going to know if you had, if you had stuck to it, maybe it had, right. would have got better. But by you just throwing it on the wayside, you don't know what would happen. You know, you don't know what could have happened if you had to just say, you know what, I'm going to stick to this. I'm going to see it through, and I'm just going to keep on pushing on because you don't know where it's going to take you. So as far as mentors are concerned or people that push me, I would definitely have to say my family pushes me and believes in me and supports me more than 100%. If it was 1,000%, then they are the ones that really kick me in the butt and say, listen, it's time for you to get up off your behind because you keep on talking about it. Now go ahead and do it. Because I've been talking about it for a minute that I wanted to get another show. And me and my daughter was discussing it. And it's crazy because when you called me, I was just saying to her, Jess, it's time. (laughs) We got to go ahead and we got to do this. Let's start making the plans. I said, we're going to do a model search first. We're going to try to find some girls that are ready for the fight because it's not easy. You know, when Mm -hmm. you go out there and you're trying to do what we're trying to do, it's it's a fight. It's going to be a fight because you're going to have your naysayers. But if you have some confident people in your corner, you could definitely do it. And if you don't have confident people, as long as you're confident in yourself. So, like I said, it's crazy that you called me when you called me. I tell you, it was. I do believe in fate, and I do believe in God mm-hmm. very, very much, and and it's just 
crazy that I was directed in this direction because it is like really sparked that fire back underneath me and let me know, okay, listen, it's time for you to get this show cracking again. So everybody that's listening out there, contact me because I'm definitely going to start this model search up. So I'm looking for plus-size women that are confident in their self and and ready to Mm -hmm. go through the fight and go through the fire with me. You know, as I tell my daughter, listen, I don't believe in me just raising myself up. You know how people are, well, Mm -hmm. I got to do this, and they leave everybody behind. I believe that if I'm going to raise myself up, I'm going to grab you, and we're going to come up here on the top of this mountain together. I'm not going to leave you down there. And here I go, like, yes, I made it by yourself. Mm -hmm. No. So, and I don't believe in stepping on everybody in order to get there. I believe, like, we're going to step these steps together, and we're going to make a mark, and we're going to get there together. So, my family is my support, and I'm looking for other women to join the bandwagon with me. Excellent, excellent. Well, I am so happy that you made that announcement, because I know that there are women out there that would love to be a part of this. I also know Mm -hmm. some personally that definitely will be contacting you. (laughs) All right, excellent. Yes, yes, they are definitely ready. They're confident, and they were waiting for this opportunity. Mm -hmm. So I am just thrilled after hearing you make that announcement. I tell you, it's true. Fate definitely connected us. Mm -hmm. The Almighty's hand, it was the Almighty's hand guiding and directing. So I'm looking forward to... Uh, being able to help promote your events and your shows, to be there, to um, help doing help with doing referrals of models. Um, and I'm just happy to be uh, an assistant to you fulfilling something that I know is going to benefit so many women out there because there are so mm-hmm. many. They just need that opportunity. And mm-hmm. fashion forward, I have a lot of fashion-forward, curvy women in my family as well as my circle of friends. So I know that, yes, this is going to – you You picked the right time to just pick up the ball and to uh, take it forward into your court because this is definitely the right time for curvy women to mm-hmm. – Yes, to to be out there and to market themselves as models, this is definitely the right time. We 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 are in the right era for that. And so I wish you all the best. I know you'll achieve much success and uh just keep on keep on staying focused with this because I, I know some more things, some more um creative uh, ideas and concepts are going to come out of you just relaunching this uh, major project. And I know it's going to be a successful relaunch, and I'm glad glad to know that, that it's going to happen, and this is the year you're going to kick it off. This is beautiful. This is great. Yeah. Yes, indeed. Well, I'm oh. going to have uh, – we have uh, Sandra Wilkes on the call, and she is a supporter of our show. And I'm going to have her to speak with you at this time. Maybe she has some questions, comments, or remarks. And then afterwards, we're going to take a music break, and then we'll come back and resume tonight's interview. All right. All right. 
evening. I do, I did uh, really enjoy your presentation of what you're doing, and for the full, I say the full figured woman, and you say the curvy woman. So we all have different names. I, I imagine for uh, for that. But I commend you for you know uh, believing in yourself like you do, and say you have it, and you encourage so many other women that uh, are curvy. Is that proper to say that? Is that right? Yeah. The curvy. <laughs> yeah. I have to get away from the full figured woman because that's what we've yeah. been saying years. See, curvy implies a little sex appeal to their full figure. Some people just think you just big. Like, oh, you full figure? No, curvy means oh. I got all the curves in the right places. Oh, that's I like that. Now I can see what the difference is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I can see what the difference is. Okay, and you did make a statement, which is true, that a lot of the women, many women, not, are have gone from that small size to a, a larger size. And then when you stated that some people are just a little, um, they have the weight in their teen years, and even younger, even <laughs> younger, and they may have mm-hmm. that. Not one that actually wore six dress. And then it was five, six, and it was like a toothpick. And I was so tired of people saying that I wanted to be that full-figured, or I didn't know about the curvy, but I said I might have more fun being a full-figured woman. (laughs) (laughs) Like that that much, but what do you consider the size that you would say that when you have a show, that you have your fashion show, what size do you start your ladies with? in, uh, when they come in? 14. 14 and up. Okay. Because I really don't feel as though a size 12 is curvy to me. That's still on the small side. But a size 14. Now, what I have noticed is a lot of these plus size stores started at a 14 and 16. Remember the store back in the day, 16 plus? They started yeah. at a 14 and 16. Now I go in there and I'm seeing size 12s and some 10s. That is mm-hmm. not curvy. That's still a very small woman. 14 and up, now we got a little thickness to it. So I would start at a size 14, and I would go up. Because you have some women that are a size 30, 32, and they still know how to dress and look really good. Yes, yes. Well, that right. is true. I have a daughter, and and she she's beautiful. And she and I'm not just saying because she's my daughter, but of course I would. But um, <laughs> she had a dress. Uh, it just happened not in your earlier years as much as, uh, probably in her maybe twenties. Or she she probably said, "Oh, mother, you're doing this here, mommy, not mother, mommy." She called me mommy. <laughs> <laughs> in her fifties, and she does call me mommy. <laughs> so <laughs> she, she actually knew how to dress. She knew how to make herself look wonderful, very professional, and she still does. And and I'm very proud of her for that reason, that she knows how to make herself look that way. And that's mm-hmm. great. And I'm really pleased about that. Now, you're more with, now, I heard the uh, exercise. Exercise, is that uh, with the yogurt? Did I hear that correctly? 
I do Zumba. I am a um, certified Zumba instructor. So I always try to encourage the girls to exercise not for size, but for health reasons. If you have um, high blood pressure, diabetes, you need to move it. So what better way to move it than getting out there doing some dancing? Because we all love to dance. So it's just a matter of dancing with a purpose. So Zumba is a party that you enjoy and it makes you healthy in the end. So I really believe in getting healthy because I had a small health scare myself um, not too long ago. And it made me wake up and say, hey, you know what, you need to take better care of yourself and you need to focus on taking better care of yourself. So I became a Zumba instructor. And now I, me and my daughter together, we call ourselves curvy Zumba instructors. And we don't focus just on your curvy women, but we encourage curvy women because when you see Zumba instructors, they're normally small. They're skinny. So a lot of big girls don't want to go to the classes because they feel self-conscious because it's nobody like them standing in front of them. So right. I try to break that stereotype with them, like, hey, I got thighs that's moving around while I'm dancing. I have boobs that's moving around while I'm dancing. So look at me. I, I'm going to set the example for you, and I'm not afraid to stand up here and do it. So therefore, you come and do it with me. So I feel like mm-hmm. exercise is not because you want to lose weight. You want to lose some weight, nevertheless. But it's right. so that you can stay healthy. Big girls got to realize they have to stay healthy in order to enjoy walking around looking sexy. What good are you if you're in a coffin because you didn't die of diabetes or high blood pressure or swollen ankles or all the other problems that we as plus size women get? So I definitely believe in health. And as far as yoga, my legs won't let me bend like that. <laughs> Because I have tried it, and the downward dog was as far as I got with it. So that part right there is a little hard for me. But Zumba, I could definitely do that part. I apologize. I kind of like moved No, away. no, that's okay. No, baby, don't, don't apologize at all. It's okay. Okay. So have you – so you have had a show prior to now – fashion shows, and you specialize in, specialize in fashion shows? Yes. Yes, we have had a few shows. We just haven't did one in a while because the last one, it was very difficult, and it was I went in it with the wrong attitude. I went in with the attitude of, okay, we're about to make this money. We're about to have this show. When I should have went in with the attitude of, uplifting the women. So therefore, when you go in with a different attitude, you get a different type of model. My first Mm -hmm. and second show, I got the models that I wanted. But then by the third show, the models that I wanted was mixed in with the models that I should not have taken. And it just went south in a handbasket. It went really bad. So then it just left me depressed. I was so depressed. And I dropped it. I just said, this ain't worth it. But now I'm going in it for a different reason. I'm not going in it because I'm thinking about let's make some money. I'm going in it because I want women to know that it's never too late to go out there and do your thing. 
is never too late to have the confidence that you may not have had as a teenager. You might not have even had that confidence when you was 20. But as you got closer to 30 and, and closer to 40 and closer to 50, that confidence level blew up. So I want those women. I want women that are fun and they just want to do this because it's fun. I just can't concentrate on a woman that's looking, how much am I going to get paid? Because that was the models I had before. And even though the other models was just volunteering because they just wanted to do it, these models wasn't. And it just left a really bad taste in my mouth. And so I dropped the ball. But, you know, the ball is back in my court thanks to the father. So I'm just ready to figure out which direction to go in. Like what basket am I supposed to be shooting this in? That's all I'm waiting for right now. I am so glad that you said what you said. I am one of the senior ladies, but I'm going to say I'm glad uh, because there's something about don't chase the money. Mm -hmm. It's about having a passion for what you're doing, and it's going to come quicker than that of chasing the money because you're you're going to have the right purpose and the right reason that you're doing it, not just the Mm -hmm. money. Because when you have and you have that entrepreneur spirit and all that, it's not even about the money at first. It's about your passion and you want to do it regardless of whether you got paid or whether you didn't. Right, so you, right, right. Not men you for just saying it because it was not a mistake. It was that you realized that and it took you to say that I commend you and honor you for saying that, that it was the wrong reason. It takes a strong person to say I was wrong with that. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. you pat yourself on the back on that one too. Now, my question too is that um, have you ever thought of partnering with someone that has um, uh, maybe a pageant? I know someone myself that, but it's not, uh, you have the Zumba, you know, Zumba and you have that. And you have the fashion show, but this person has a pageant. Mm-hmm. And have you think, ever been in a pageant yourself? I have never been in a pageant myself. And it is a young man that was born in Philadelphia. It was called the Big Beautiful, something like that. I can't remember the name. Um, and I did direct a few young ladies in his direction because I know he was doing pageants because he sent me some pictures of some of the work he was doing. But that was some years ago. I don't know if he's still doing it or not, but I would definitely be interested in finding somebody to link up with to further take it in another direction or we can support each other. Mm -hmm. Well, well, guess what is going to happen on this one? I would be able to connect you with that person. Okay. And is still having shows. He's going to, this would be the 19th year, I think it is, that he has been doing this. Mm-hmm. And he has a pageant. So actually, uh, he looks for the women like you do, but they're going to be, they have the talent and they do certain things in order to, and they have the judges on who would win. In the past, mm-hmm. so it's I would be, be glad to connect you with someone. The person. Okay. Uh, am I allowed to say his name? Yes, I was going to ask you. Would you like to do us the honors and give his name publicly? Yes, yes. 
okay, this mm-hmm. is this really, this is really uh, quite unusual when I went to this here. His is, is actually Wilkes, and it's Wilkes production with the Wilkes pageant. And uh, the, when you say with the big, well, the bigger women, full figures that he uses, I don't have his information directly in front of me. What mm-hmm. I'm going to say is that I am not related to this gentleman. <laughs> and, <laughs> and, and it's been so strange because the fact is that I met him and he is Wilkes with, uh, with the E. Mm-hmm. His name is Dave Wilkes with the E, and I'm Wilkes without the E. Right. So I have been to his shows. I have I actually volunteered at his shows, a couple of his shows before, and I can go on. So I'd be glad to speak with you later off, off the air, give you information, and do that connecting because, you know, we are stronger in numbers. So you yes. can probably help each other. You can probably help each other in what you're doing. Maybe mm-hmm. you, are, you should be in the pageant this year. <laughs> Maybe that should be something because it's promotional too. Because that mm-hmm. way, if you, that's one thing that is promotional for you if you are in a show yourself. Right, right. You are correct. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we will see. So thank you. I'm, and I do like to talk. So I guess it just probably is showing. You probably can feel my smile. Because yes, I'm happy. yes, I can. <laughs> <laughs> the poet is yeah. just phenomenal in her interview because she does so well. So I can just zip my lip and be quiet now. <laughs> well, I want to thank you, Miss um, Sandra Wilk, because for one, I, I have to say this about this wonderful woman. Uh, she's a people person in all the right ways. Um, okay. She does everything that she possibly could do for someone. When I first met her right away, she kind of saw and took notice of certain strengths, certain skills, what my skill set was. And right away, she began to start sharing with me uh, some contacts. She gave some names. She began to share people that she knew uh, that if I linked up with them, some major strides that I had been uh, wanting to uh, make could be achieved. So I do want to say uh, to you, Ms. Charlene Graham, that this is not some Johnny Come Lately, because um, mm-hmm. a lot of people came up to you throughout the years that you've been doing this and said to you things like, I want to help you. I can take you from uh, A to Z and so on and yada, yada, you know. Mm-hmm. But this mm-hmm that her heart is in the right place. She has the right spirit, and she's definitely for women uh, making major strides. So I guarantee you this is not a waste, won't be a waste Mm -hmm. of your time. This is an investment for you to lend her a listening ear 
and I'm going to make sure that you two have each other's contacts. I'll take care of that off the oh, air. Oh, excellent. Mm-hmm. But uh, definitely some great things. And it's amazing because uh, she always seems to call into this radio broadcast at the right time. And it's usually always <laughs> when it's certain guests and she's appointed, and I believe it's divine appointment, to assist them mm-hmm. in achieving the greater good. So. Tonight, I'm so honored, for one, that I had the privilege of bringing you on this show's platform because of what I know your message is, and it is a message of love and a message of encouragement for our women, our curvy women, our um, plus-size models. A lot of times, I think because of size, women feel intimidated about uh, venturing out and doing uh, modeling because they feel mm-hmm. uh, I'm going to be a spectacle. People are going to look at me because not everyone is this size. But I have family members that are fashion-forward curvy women, and I know I look to them. I'm within like a size 10 and 12, but I mm-hmm. look to them a lot of times for fashion points to know um, what bag would go with this or, um, you know, what what color even about um, hair and different things. And I'm I'm one, I do the natural thing. But I have a cousin, she's, I'm not sure of her actual size, but she was born 10 pounds, and she was just never small from day one. She was just not what you would say is a small person or small body, even from an infant. And so she never tried to do the skinny girl thing. She just always accented her herself and what was beautiful what she saw that was beauty in herself and I always liked what I when she would get dressed up and put on the earrings get the the outfit on she was on point all the time and I saw skinny girls not even that much on point when it came to being fashion smart so um I definitely know that yes our curvy women are beautiful and they deserve to have a stage and a platform that's designed just to promote them and what beauty they exude as women who are curvaceous. And I think that it is key that in society today that we see more curvy women in modeling as well as fashion in general and, and, and that our women who are curvy women know that, yes, you are loved, you are appreciated because you have a beauty too. It's not like what tradition says is supposed to be the traditional way of of a model um, as far as the figure and form goes, but it's the way that is what a model is and it should be accepted as beauty too because not everything is just a linear or one one size. So I'm I'm happy to know that you are about all. It's about inclusion. This is the way I see it, as um, you being a woman that knows the worth of inclusion and that every woman should be appreciated for the beauty that they exude. And it's unique from every woman, especially our curvy women. Um, I think of like Oprah Winfrey, one of the the most, I guess you could say, influential 
as for women of color. She's a curvy woman. She's mm-hmm. a curvaceous woman. And and when she gets dressed up, I notice the next day, whatever it was she wore on her feet, whatever her bag was, whatever uh, who, uh, whatever she wore as far as jewelry, a- accessories goes, and what, who, whatever outfit she had on, people aren't saying, oh, my, like, what size is she? They're saying, whatever she has, that's what I want, too. Mm-hmm. And she's very pleased with herself and successful and iconic. So I think, you know, people have to see themselves as having value and and worth. And I would say to any curvy woman out there, a plus-size woman, think of Oprah. Think of Oprah. And this is a woman that is an international, she has her own brand, and an international icon. So don't let size be a factor. If you don't make it a factor, it won't be a factor. A lot of times people, you're, you make your own, sometimes we make our own obstacles. We create our own um, problems. Sometimes it's not that it is a problem for us, but we make it a problem for us. So if you make your size an issue, then it's an issue for you. But it doesn't have to be. And just um, feel accepted, know your worth, and know that Charlene Brown, is she's ready for you. If you are ready mm-hmm. to be fashion forward and if you're ready to um, make your claim as a fashion model and to state your claim, she has a place for you, and she wants you to know that. So what I'm going to do now, we're going to take a music break, and we'll come again. We'll come back, and we'll take the rest of our callers when we come back from this break, and we'll conclude the interview segment of the show. But I just want to say to you personally, Charlene, thank you so much for allowing us the opportunity of having you on the show's platform tonight. It's been truly an honor. I love everything that you're promoting, and I know that you're going to have huge success in what you're doing. So just continue on the path that you're now on and know that you're going to have all the supporters that you need to have and some. Don't even worry about the support. It's coming, which you don't see already. You'll get it. <laughs> You'll get it because <laughs> you're positive. It's just something about you, and you have such a positive energy, and it's a good and right spirit. So I know you'll go far and just keep keep yourself just focused knowing, yes, you are on the right path. I think that's what's important, knowing, yes, mm-hmm. I'm on the right path, and just continue on it and finish the course. You're going places. Okay. Thank you so much. I really appreciate you allowing me to just open my mouth and share this with women that's out there. This was an honor for me and a privilege for me and just a all-around blessing because, as I said, when you called me, it was out of the blue. And I told my husband, I said, this lady called me and said she want to interview me. I said, I don't believe her. I said, if I get that email from her, I said, then I'll know it's true. I said, but until she sent me the email... I know she just randomly just saying stuff. So when you sent mm-hmm. me that email, I went through the roof, and 
It is such an honor and a privilege, and I thank you so much for allowing me to take this time to just share what I love. And wonderful, thank you, thank you. Well, we will definitely be back because we're going to wrap up. But just to let you know, you'll also get a link as soon as it becomes available, the archive link from tonight's broadcast. So you'll have it where you can share it with others and you can hear the full interview. Oh, after tonight. Okay. Mm -hmm. Okay. (laughs) Well, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to take a music break, and we'll be back to continue and conclude the exclusive interview with Miss Charlene Brown, ladies and gentlemen. For those just now tuning in, just let me um, fill you in with the following information. We are still currently in the interview session. We just have a few more minutes left. So if you would like to converse or have discussion with our feature artist in the spotlight, Charlene Brown, you need to call in. The number is 724-444-7444. I repeat, 724-444-7444. And our show's ID number is 133193, and then the pound key. I repeat, 133193, and then the pound key. And for those just now tuning in, Charlene Brown is a producer of plus-size fashion shows. She is a curvy Zumba instructor and an educator. And she is in the process of writing her own book. It's about coming to terms with being a curvy black woman. So, ladies and gentlemen, don't you forget we're coming back. We have more in store with this interview. We're not over just yet. We're just taking a music break. And we're going to hear a song entitled Lean On Me. And I want to send that song out to anyone right now that's going through a crisis. I want you to be aware. Sage the Poet. Loved you, and I'm sending prayers up on your behalf. I'm sending positive energy your way to encourage you to not quit. Don't give up. The better days are ahead for you. You just don't know it yet. But listen, take it from me. I'm not just talking out of my head. The better days are ahead for you. And let this song be of inspiration to you. Lean on me. Sound, I'm in my life. 
Right, ladies and gentlemen, again, that was the song entitled Lean On Me, and that was the classic, the original, by Bill Withers. Yes, indeed, and I, again, dedicate that song to any and everybody out there who is going through a crisis because, yes, we are our brothers and sisters keeper. It matters to me. And those out there that are true at heart, that have a love for humanity, it matters to us that you're okay. So don't forget, someone out there cares about you. Although you're going through, it's temporary. It's not by a permanent address. And this too shall pass, ladies and gentlemen. All right, we're going to resume the interview. Welcome back, Charlene. Hi. (laughs) Yes, thank you again for being such a distinguished and honorary special guest and feature artist in the spotlight tonight. And we just want you, if you can um, share with everyone a little more information such as um, what's your, do you have a positive affirmation, something that you say daily that gives you a, it serves as a reminder 
to help you to stay centered and focused on what your goals are for a, for each day. Sure. I tell myself, you could be better, and you ready. Mm-hmm. I'm always ready. I'm ready now. I wasn't ready before, but now I'm ready. So every day when I get up, I have to tell myself, you ready. Thank you, mm-hmm. Father. I'm ready. Let's do this. I can be All better. Right. I want to be better. Wonderful, wonderful. I love it. And might I ask, what is your favorite color and what is your favorite flower? I like to ask that question on occasion to uh, special guests. Okay. My favorite color, Oof. Um, I would have to, I wear a lot of pink, but I love me some red. <laughs> it's crazy. I have on red polish right now, so I'm mm-hmm. gonna have to say probably red because red is fire, is power. When a woman wears a red dress, even though they say, "Oh, look at her with her little little black dress," no, you wear that red dress with those red shoes. Put that red lipstick on with that black dress. Red. I would definitely have to say red. Mm. And your favorite flower. My favorite flower, I would say, I'm going to go with roses because my husband just bought me some yellow roses a couple weeks ago. So (laughs) I love roses. It doesn't matter what color. I just love a rose. All right. Beautiful. Beautiful. Well, I'm going to share with you some information about the information you just shared. Um, And you did say some things about red, but I'll share with you some other information you may have not already known about red. Red is the color of fire and blood, so it is associated with energy, and you did say uh, power, war, danger, strength, but power and determination, as well Mm -hmm. as passion, desire, and love. Red is a very emotionally intense color. It enhances human metabolism, increases respiration rate. These are things as for how our bodies respond to red. And raises blood pressure. Interesting. Um, good color, good color, especially for strength, for purpose of strength, which I did notice um, about you in general. You know, in your in in your delivery, all of the things that you shared tonight, it was such a strength that did exude um, from you about who you are and what you uh, desire to achieve as for the mission you're on to help women in general. So, uh, yes, you are definitely in sync with the universe and, and in sync with uh, being who you were, you were sent here to become. As for your color, um, as, I'm sorry, as for the flower, uh, the rose, of course, each color offers a distinct meaning. Red, of course, is known as the lover's rose. It signifies enduring passion, white, uh, humility and innocence, yellow, expressing friendship and joy, pink, gratitude and appreciation and admiration, orange, Mm -hmm. enthusiasm and desire, uh, purple and white represent enchantment and love at first sight. Yes, indeed. Mm. So a beautiful, a beautiful symbol in general as for its meaning 
the rose. And keep that. I think that it's good for us to have symbols as well uh, that mm-hmm. we can, yes, to to use as power symbols, you know, that, that really um, promote a positive, uh, powerful statement. Because sometimes you can't always say in words, but you can in pictures or symbols uh, what you truly mean and feel uh, by way of things that you want to express. So um, very, very, very positive, very positive energy. Keep the spirits you now have because if you continue to stay the way that you are, there's no way you can fail. There's no way you can fail. You have all of the right ingredients, all of the right keys for success. Continue to own what you have. Don't let anyone take away from you all that you have because you have what you need to succeed and more. You have more. You have what you need to succeed and for others to succeed too. So continue on the path that you're now on, and we will definitely continue in our efforts to support and to promote you in all that you do. I'm so honored, again, that we had the opportunity to have you on tonight, and at this time, I am requesting of you that you would share your contact information, because I know Mm -hmm. there's a lot of people that want to uh, meet you and correspond with Mm -hmm. you for tonight's show. So the mic absolutely. is now in your hands. All right, absolutely. We do have a Facebook page. Um, my daughter periodically updates it, but we will be updating it soon. So even though you see older pictures, don't worry. Um, you can always inbox me on there, and that is okay. Envy This Curvy Models. That's on Facebook. But I would prefer if anybody, if there's any models that's interested or even any women that are just interested in getting together to form a encouraging group, um, contact me from my email, which is Charlene, which is my name, Charlene Brown, 41 at gmail.com. And my name is Charlene with a C, not with an S. So anybody that's interested in that or interested in modeling, definitely contact me. And if anybody is interested in joining our Zumba group, definitely contact me also. The email, again, is charlenebrown41 at gmail.com. That one is the easiest one to reach me on because that is the one I always answer. You know how you have 50 million emails? That's the one I constantly check every day. So that's my most recent information. And once you contact me, if you want some Instagram information, I can give you that as well, which on Instagram, um, cjanky40. It's a crazy name, but when Instagram first came out, that's the only thing I could think of. (laughs) But on my Instagram page is basically just like Zumba stuff. But contact me via my email, and I'll definitely contact you back immediately. Wonderful. Excellent. I'm going to ask at this time my co-host has joined uh, for tonight, Voyeurist Queen, Zipporah Thelman, and she is the lead facilitator for the free publishing tips hour that is soon to follow this hour. So I'm going to ask her at this time if she has anything that she would like to say to direct to the feature artist in the spotlight, if she 
would be so kind as to do that now. Thank you, Sage Fran. You're uh, hello, Ms. Yeah. Hello, Ms. Charlene. How are you? I am doing awesome. Thank you for asking. All right, that's great. Yeah, I'm fine also coming along. Uh, I don't have any questions for you, but what you were saying was, you know, positive. Thank you so much. You're welcome. All right. Well, at this time, uh, we are now uh, closing out the exclusive interview session of tonight's show. And wait a minute. Let me... um, Check in with Ms. Sandra Wilkes. Ms. Wilkes, is there anything that you would like to say and direct to the feature artist before we depart for tonight's show? Yes, I thank you so much for asking me, and I enjoy uh, actually all the things about the fashion, et cetera. I want to know how close are you to publishing your book? Uh-huh. I am in the – that's an excellent question. Um, I am in – trying to wrap up the end portion. So I'm going to say real soon. I can't give a date. I would love to give a date, um, but I'm real soon to finish it. I just got to cast the end portion off and make it just as lively as the beginning portion because the book is actually my life and my struggles with coming to terms with my weight and realizing that just because you are a heavy woman doesn't mean you should belittle yourself. So it's just a journey through my life. So now I'm wrapping it up. And so it will be definitely soon. Then I got to find somebody to publish it. So, But it will be wrapping up soon. I'm very excited about it, though. Oh, great. And then hopefully that when that happens, I can invite you out to actually uh-huh. have, a book, uh, have a book signing uh, at the yeah. library, aware of that, and mm-hmm. and that's really great. So um, I'm just anxious to speak to you, uh, and we will exchange that. Um, I think Sage will take care of that. The Sage, the poet, yeah. will take care. Will take care of that for us to connect us. And mm-hmm. oh, and I did have one other. Your classes that you have, are you in the tri-state area, and and that's what I wanted to know about your classes. That you, yeah, uh, your Zuma classes. Where are they? Yeah, we they? are actually in Southwest Philadelphia. We're at Forty Seventh and Woodland Avenue. We are at the Rec Center that's there. It is fourteen fourteen South Forty Eighth Street, and we do it every Tuesday, which is really where I was coming from when I came to Miss Say's show. I was racing from there to get home in order so I can hear. Myself when I'm talking. That's where I came from tonight. So we have it every Tuesday night. It's from seven to eight o'clock. And right now it's just a few women because we actually just started it not too long ago. But um, it's just an encouragement for the younger girls because there's a lot of young girls that um, happen through there, and it's just encouraging to them as well. So it's mm-hmm. at um, 47th Street Rec Center. Is every Tuesday oh, yeah. night. From seven to eight o'clock. Okay, thank you so much for sharing that for us. That was great. Yeah. Thank you. Thanks. That's excellent. Thank you. Thank you again. Well, we appreciate you. And listen, I will definitely be in touch with you this weekend, even 
just to follow up with you with some good information, some good news reports. And I will be sending you the link for tonight's uh, show's broadcast, the archive link, that is. So you'll be able to hear the interview in full. And thanks so much, again, for being a part of the show's broadcast tonight and for being such a distinguished and honorary special guest and feature artist in the spotlight. Thank you, Miss Charlene R. Brown. Thank you. Thank you so much also. You guys have a fabulous evening. Thank you for the honor. You are so welcome. You too. And listen, we will be having you back on the show's platform. We really immensely enjoy tonight's interview. Thank you for delivering such a compelling and epic interview session on this show's platform. So we will definitely correspond after tonight and schedule you for another interview and follow up with you. And we'll be doing uh, we'll be doing things together as well. We're going to support you. Uh, we know you are in support of us, but we're definitely going to yeah. support you and uh, help uh, you with promoting all of your upcoming uh, fashion shows because we are definitely about women being empowered, and we are part of that type of a circle of friends. So as a community, we're going to stay united and connected with you and encourage you as you continue to encourage others. Keep up the good work. All right. right. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Wow. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for tuning in. I tell you, uh, Charlene R. Brown, she is a mover. She is a shaker. She is definitely a game changer. She is a world changer. Expect some great things to come from her in the upcoming weeks and months ahead. We look forward to having her back on the Exceptional Scribble Show, and we are so thankful that she came her first time being a special guest and feature artist in the spotlight on the show's platform, but it will not be her last time. And for those tuning in, Tonight's show's archive link will be available to you, and as soon as it is available, I will post it and share it and email it so that everyone can hear what went on during the interview session. It was marvelous to anyone that tuned in just now and is tuning in just now. You missed a treasure. Yes, an interview that was truly a special edition. I promise you, when you hear the archive link, you will not be disappointed. You will be so glad that you have the opportunity to hear because the information that was relayed, the information that was shared, it was heartfelt, it was passionate, it was sincere, it was good resource information, ladies, especially for us, uh, ladies that are curvy women, uh, it's now time for you to get ready to show the world that you know your worth. You know your worth. You got to know your worth if you want to be confident. And when you know your worth, others can see. They will see and take acknowledge, full acknowledgement of you. And that's what's needed. For empowerment sake, that's what you must do. Um, so much was said. So much was said that is so very helpful for us as women of color even. 
you know, we've got to learn how to love ourselves first. Once we love ourselves and such, um, we can then, in a healthy way, love others around us. So um, for those tuning in, again, Charlene R. Brown, she is definitely a tour de force. Um, You ain't heard anything yet. There's more yet that you will hear about this phenomenal woman, and we're going to help to get the word out there because we want people to know who's who in the community. There's so many unsung heroes and sheroes in our community, so many legends in their own right that people haven't heard about yet. So that's our job. That's one of the reasons why this broadcast came about because we need to know who's who in our community and artists need to link up. It's also for artists to network because there's too many struggling and starving artists out there. And you've been gifted with the creativity that you have as a creativist and an artivist uh, to be a person of action and to see things come into being, to not just stand on the sidelines and watch the action pass you by, but to be a part of the action. So we're out here trying to create that type of an environment and atmosphere for you, one that's nurturing, one that will equip you and prepare you so that you can make successful launches in your time because there's a time for everyone. When it's your time, you want to shine, and it's your time to shine. And some of you know it, and you've been in the closet. I'm going to say to you tonight, come out of that closet. You were not given your light for it to be hidden. It's for somebody out there that needs to see. It's for you, even, and it's for others. So don't be selfish. Don't hide it. Divide it. That light needs to be shining brightly because someone can see their way because you aren't afraid to shine your light on your path. Okay? So let's keep that in mind. We've been given the gifts that we have so that we can be a blessing. You're blessed to be a blessing. And when you're a blessing to someone else, they in turn can be a blessing to others too. Let's start that kind of a trend. It's, it's, it's so many haters out there. We need to spread more love. Get the love train going, people. All right. At this time, I'm handing the mic to the co-host, Warrioress Queen, Zipporah Thelman. Welcome. Thank you, Sage France. Good evening, everyone. I am Warrioress Queen Zipporah Thelman, co-hostess for the Exceptional Scribble Show. And how is everyone tonight? Well, I'll say I'm fine. <laughs> Anyone else? <laughs> I'm, gonna I'm good. <laughs> Wonderful. Mm-hmm. All righty. So now that I hear, have responses, I'm going to start the free publishing information hour. And tonight I have two articles to read from writersdigest.com which I found, you know, to be very important. Okay. All right. So the first one is titled, 
Maximize your setting. Bring in locations, errors, and worlds to life on the page by guest column. It was dated June 14, 2018. When the reader can feel as if they are physically in your story setting, they will be more inclined to let themselves experience what the characters are seeing and hearing. Here, author Kirk Kurt Erickson offers considerations for bringing the locations and errors, E-R-E-A-S, in your fiction to life. Joseph Conrad defined the job of the writer who aspires to produce art as that of making you, the reader, quote, here, end quote, via, quote, the power of the written word, end quote. It is he, he, it is, he wrote, my task, quote, to make you feel it is before all to make you see. Conrad's emphasis upon the presentation of sensory material has been echoed in any and every MFA, Master of Fine Arts, program across the country. Aspiring writers are told to affect the senses of their readers by providing them with concrete stimuli, or as Nabokov put it, quote, caress the details, end quote. But I have always understood Conrad to be referring, when he used the word see, not only to those fictional facts capable of transporting a reader and placing them within any particular scene as a witness to what is happening, but to the necessary vision of the writer, which underscores the action and acts as a sort of superglue holding everything together. That vision or glue is what unites the disparate elements of any story and makes that particular version of a story told numerous times by numerous authors unique. Among the elements held together in this way are setting, character, and theme. And among the very first decisions a writer makes, whether deliberate or not, is the decision of where to set the story he or she wants to tell. That choice of setting combined with the writer's vision in an organic process that fuses all of the elements of the story into one experience can result in the setting coming alive and influencing the characters much as a powerful antagonist might. When the reader can feel as if they are physically in some place they might have actually never been, like Conrad's Dutch Congo in The Heart of Darkness, they will be more inclined to believe what they are seeing and hearing. The Serengeti Plains, where my novella is set, is a landscape bristling with threat. Living is intense there and exotic to most readers because we're not used to seeing so much dying occur before us so routinely. The violence involved in being eaten while still alive is fierce. By setting the conflict between my protagonist, a wealthy 50-something entrepreneur named Richard, and the younger freelance writer Sophie in this potentially ferocious environment, I was able to add considerable tension to the story of two lovers who hope to discover paradise on a two-week trip to Tanzania, half a world away from their, quote, real, end quote, lives in Minnesota. Just as a war zone or a colonial crusade in the upper reaches of the Congo River at the end of the 19th century provides any story set there with intrinsic danger, any journey into a sere. S-E-R-E, an unforgiven landscape full of predators, 
presents many possibilities for heightened drama. That said, I'm not suggesting that a writer chooses a dangerous setting for their story in order to just in order just to increase the excitement in that story. The setting of any story has to fit together seamlessly with the other elements of that story. But had my story of two lovers involved in an affair been set in their hometown, Minneapolis, there would have been none of the opportunities for metaphorically portraying their dilemma that arose quite naturally out of the setting and circumstances of my story, or at least those opportunities would have been very different. That choice of setting, combined with the writer's vision in an organic process that fuses all of the elements of the story into one experience, can result in the setting coming alive and influencing the character as much as a powerful antagonist might. And there's this quote from Kurt Erickson. Chekhov's treatment of this classic situation in The Lady with the Pet Dog is set in Yalta on the shores of the Black Sea, a setting most of his readers would have been familiar with, if only in terms of its reputation. So my story of illicit love far from home could have been set anywhere, but setting it in the Serengeti allowed my vision of a doomed relationship to be enhanced by my protagonist's surroundings. In addition to that, and as a consequence, I think of the synergy that occurs while involved in any creative project. A second story took shape while I was writing my novella frames, as it turned out, within the parentheses of the larger narrative. In the se- in this second story, a young lion has been driven out its pride and forced to look for another group of lionesses among whom it might reign. Driven by hunger, this lion attacks an aging Cape buffalo and tries to bring it down. While Sophie witnesses this eternal battle between predator and prey, Richard is off on a parallel adventure, searching for a miracle cure to his cancer diagnosis. The landscape of my story that desolate yet teeming with teeming, T-E-E-M-I-N-G, wilderness produced not only the drama of the hunt, but the context for two lawyers, lovers who, once they finally get the chance to be alone with one another for a pure, prolonged period of time, find that the secrets they have kept from each other, Richard's diagnosis and Sophie's involvement with Zuri, have the power to destroy not only their love but hope for any future at all. It was never my intention to write this second story or that of Richard's pursuit of a miracle cure allegorically. Instead, this is something that occurred quite naturally through the process of telling a story set in the plains of East Africa. Although those, excuse me, these paired stories do reinforce each other in some ways, they are not identical. Richard is not the Asian Cape Buffalo struggling to fend off the attack of the lion, who is not Zuri, the young Tanzanian who approaches Sophie on the beach in Zanzibar, while Richard dives among the coral reefs. But the juxtaposing and intertwining of these two stories of desire and survival does suggest that, in some ways at least, Richard could have been that aging Cape Buffalo and Zuri might have been that outcast lion. It is my hope that a reader of A Place of Timeless Harmony might feel as if they were right there in the heat and the dust and the cold at night where lions have always stalked their prey and Cape Buffaloes have always fought back. It is my hope that a reader might actually hear that call 
of the lone lion in the middle of the night while lying beside Richard and Sophie in their camp bed privy, privy to the secrets they have kept from each other. Because if that happens, my mission as a writer is nearly complete, and I can leave the reader alone with the vivid sensory impressions of a fictional trip through the Serengeti, and that reader can judge the story of Richard and Sophie's love for themselves. Kurt Erickson was born in Kansas but spent half of his life in Europe. He currently lives between the Sierra de Gredos and Western Spain and Boston. Erickson's short fiction, novel extracts, and political commentary have appeared in numerous print and online journals in the U.S., U.K., Canada, Australia, India, and Spain, including Blackbird, Rosebud, and Alba. Currently unrepresented, Erickson is working on a novel about the origins of salsa in the early days of the Cuban Revolution. Learn more at, learn more at www.curtererickson, spelled C-U-R-T-E-R-I-K-S-E-N.com. The end of this article. Any questions or comments? No, you can carry on. All right. All right, so the second article is titled, uh, I just had it. All right, I just, uh, here it is. All right, the second article is titled The Five Commandments of Becoming a Published Author by Guest Column, dated June 25, 2018, by Hind, H-E-N-D, S-A-L-A-H, that's the author. Writing is a passion. It's an art. It's an expression of personality and creativity. It's a jumble of words that are interpreted differently by everyone who comes across them, regardless of how concrete they are. Above all, it isn't really very hard to do. All you need is paper, a pen, and a bit of spare time. Yes, it's easy to write, but it isn't quite, easy, isn't quite as easy to become an author. Becoming a published author is akin to beating the final boss in a video game about the literary world. With a pen for a lance, you pass every stage in the writing process and level up until you are finally knighted and dubbed a member of the court. Hopefully without melodramatically mixing metaphors the way I just did. There are five qualities a person must develop in order to, quote, make it, end quote. I call them the five commandments of becoming a published author. Number one, thou shalt not be inflexible. We are naturally biased about our writing. We think it's perfect the way it is. Changes, especially the big ones, are hard to make when we think we're done. However, fresh eyes often see things we don't, especially those that belong to people who have been in the business for a long time. Being rigid is, rigid is going to hold you back no matter what. The, quote, it's my piece so I know best, end quote, attitude will bite you in the head, shoulders, knees, and toes. You have to give a little to gain a lot. 
publishers, editors, and publicists will appreciate and note that you are easy to work with, and that is extremely important. So I want to comment on this uh, first commandment is that authors always can have the uh, right to say yes and no when it comes to the choices and decisions you know, in their work. Number two, thou shalt trust thyself. No story will ever be perfect. I repeat, no story will ever be perfect. Proofreading is indeed extremely important, but there is such a thing as going overboard. Second and third guessing yourself can lead to the essence of the piece getting lost in the midst of simply too many edits. A good strategy is to go all the way through a couple of times and then leave the project alone for a while. Revisit it one last time after you spent some time apart. You will return with a new perspective. Number three, thou shalt not mimic another author. It's easy to fall into that trap. It may start out as just looking for inspiration, but remember, the path to hell is paved with good intentions. That isn't to say that you shouldn't read the work of your favorite authors for inspiration, but tread softly. Think back to when you had to turn your college papers into plagiarism scanners. Book buyers are even more pedantic and harsher than your toughest professor. The nitpicking will drive you up a wall, and though it is impossible to be different in every aspect, copycats are unpopular among readers. Number four, thou shalt not be impatient. Don't be pushy. Agents and editors have many other things to do. They will get to your project when they can and constantly nag at them to make you a priority won't work. It takes time to read a proposal and make a decision. A good book isn't enough to keep a publisher or agent in your corner. A positive attitude is just as important as having an excellent piece. And number five, thou shalt not give up. Nothing happens overnight. It is extremely unlikely that the first publisher or agent you seek out will give a first-time author a standing ovation and a contract right off the bat. The bat. There may be heartbreak. You will see the polite, quote, I'll pass on this project, end quote, many, many times. You might have someone read the first few pages and then ask for a full manuscript only to turn it down in the end. This journey is chock full of letdowns, but you are the only one who can seal your fate completely. Get feedback from experienced professionals, work and rework until your fingers fall off, and most of all, never give up. All your dreams can come true if you grow out that spine and stubbornly chase them across seas and oceans. Walt Disney said that more or less. Hind Sala is a New York-born, Harvard-loving, mental health counseling, loudmouth, opinionated mass of contradictions. She has a cornucopia of sensibly insensible, controversial opinions and is allergic to romance. She loves putting a dark twist on a good argument. Once upon a midnight dreary, she was a journalist. She has written for several news outlets and still runs her own website, insert professional website, title here.com. There she shares some of her professional work, somewhat twisted thoughts and dark humor. Hind is currently a counselor at Franklin Academy and spends her days working with kids and writing on the covers of darkness. The end of this article. Mm. There was a lot shared in that article. Um, in general, I love the pointers 
that you shared that came from that article in reference to thou shalt not um, mimic or try to write like another author. I think that it's so important to discover your voice as a literary artist or as a writer. And I think when you spend too much time um, simply in admiration of another writer and not enough time discovering what makes you unique as a literary artist, you fail at just being the artist that you are. And and so that is very significant to share that uh, pointer to mm-hmm. all writers. And it's an essential pointer for us as literary artists to keep at the forefront of our minds and also to keep it and ponder it in our hearts. Because if we're not careful, we'll spend more time in efforts to mimic another writer's craft and style or voice and not enough time in the mirror admiring who am I as a writer? What is my voice as a literary artist? And then honing those skills that um, are essential to the unique nature of who you are as a literary artist, and then manifesting an ownership of who you are as a literary artist. Because I think when people can identify your signature as an artist, and that's why when I come on the radio, I like to say, Sage, the poet. That's my signature because I'm letting people know who the host is. That's me. That's who I am. And that sets me apart from any other voice that is heard. So when I'm speaking, you'll be able to say, oh, that's Sage the Poet. That's the host of the show that's talking right now. So it is important that we have, whether we have a, a logo a motto, a mantra, a call, um, a cue, something that we do as a literary artist or writer that signifies this is me. It sets you aside, sets you apart, distinguishes you from every other artist that's a literary artist and writer. And that's important. And it is okay to admire other There's so many writers that are legendary, past and present. And, of course, you know there are those that will be born and future. But until you have identified your voice as a writer, as a literary artist, you are, it's almost like a a baby without a name. That's how you become. And how can someone uh, identify your work from another if you aren't allowing yourself the privilege of knowing and identifying with your signature and your unique voice? 
and style. So it takes time. It takes time. It takes time to do that. So I want to urge anyone who has not yet identified, well, what is my voice? What is my signature style as a literary artist? Take out the time and and just practice. Practice identifies purpose. When you constantly do a thing, you're going to find out whether it is the right thing for you to be doing or not. Um, because one thing's for sure, if it is the right thing for you to be doing, you're going to master it. You're going to practice unto mastery because that's just second nature. That's just what you do. We're creatures of habit. If it's something that you were born to do, you're just going to gravitate towards doing it and you're going to like to do it better. You're going to want to do it at your best so that others can acknowledge it. It just happens that way. So I do urge everyone, if you have not discovered, keep practicing. You will discover it. It will start talking to you. And you'll know, oh, my, I'm a poet. Oh, my, I'm a uh, fictional writer. Oh, my, I'm a sci-fi writer. Because you're going to keep, the more you write, it's going to start screaming out. Mm -hmm. Of your work, your work is going to start identify. It's going to tell you what you are, and you won't be yeah. able to deny it. Mm -hmm. But you've got to practice. You've got to do it yeah. every day. Write something every day. Just write. Have a set time if you can, or just when you're inspired, when you see something, when something happens, and you're constantly pondering over it. Start writing, writing those things out. That those thoughts that are like bees buzzing around in your head, uh, start writing them out because sometimes that's why they're buzzing around and they're not going to stop buzzing around until you write it out because it's something that you should be writing about, not just letting it just stay captive in your mind, okay? So let's start, let's start being about it. Yes, indeed. Write it out. Yes, and I'll say, Jerome, I have wanted to say this as well. Regarding what Miss Charlene was saying earlier, mm -hmm. this thought had came to me, and I had, you know, like, you know, I thought about it, and it was just something that just came and went. But regarding when she was talking about curvy women, I would yeah. say that, you know, because curvy women are labeled fat. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I like that you said that they are often labeled. They are. They're labeled fat, big. I heard some rap. Rapper put out a song, I like big woman, big, or big woman, get up, big woman, get up. And it's like, no, that's not who they are. They are more than just that label big. And I like how even Miss Sandra Wilkes said, full figure. I remember, I think it was yeah, Essence. Do you remember at one time years ago, Essence had an addition or a certain, they had models that were full size, and that was how they were referred to as full size. Um, yeah, I don't. Yeah, I don't remember that. I just remember the term full figure, but full size. Yeah, full figure. Yeah, full yeah. figure. Women. Right. And I, yeah, and I want to give some example, like for example, like with curvy women who would be labeled fat, like Janet, you know, um, Beyonce, J Lo, you know, Mariah, just the name Rihanna, just the name, you know, some examples. Because of the right, curvy, curvy definitely mm -hmm. Beyonce. Mm -hmm. 
Beyonce, um, and curvy uh, Jennifer Lopez when she first came out because it was all curves. I mean, when she walked on the runway, we were talking about how her curves were shaped and formed. And to just know that now there's a place in, in that industry called fashion and modeling where they respect you for your curves. That's a wonderful, that's empowerment for women. That's wonderful. And I also want to add Angela Bassett. Mm-hmm. And like I, I may mention, I said, think about it. One of the most successful women in the world, Oprah Winfrey, is a curvy woman. And I've never heard her apologize. I remember the one time when she lost a lot of weight, and I think that was just to show people that she was capable, but she has proven that you can be curvy and you can be on top of the world, too. And she is fashion forward. It's she, I, anything she wears to anything, um, they're talking about it the next day. You can mm-hmm. go to any online site that's a fashion um, fashion uh, line magazine, and you'll see they are talking about everything from her shoes to the accessories uh, to what she wore, who designed it, what color it was. She is literally setting the trend. So that shows you that if you're confident in the word comfortable in your own skin, and I think that's what it comes to, being comfortable in your own skin, you can have curves and you can be on top of the world. So this is a good era because years ago in, in the fashion industry, it was all about thin was in. Yeah. And if you were what they classified as fat, stay that. So mm-hmm. this is now the era. And I like how it was. Victoria's Secret was the first that I can mm-hmm. remember that broke the mold in terms of the models. When I saw the commercial, all the women in this one commercial, they were all what you would classify as curvy women and full size. Mm-hmm. So we're talking about size 18 and up or 16 and up. And, I mean, yeah. they were – beautiful and they they weren't ashamed to wear what you would consider as revealing you know victoria's secret um fashion is is mostly revealing type of uh apparel and these were full figured as you would say women curvy women so plus size women so it is necessary it is essential for women and then if you're a woman of color too um, you're getting a lot of times, you're getting more uh, ridicule because of being a plus size, yeah, you know, and things. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So this is good to see and know that there's people like Charlene that are, are they value the worth that cur- curvy women have and what how they should be treated and she creates that platform and environment for curvy women to be accepted, appreciated, um, admired even, you know, for the beauty that they bring. You know, I was, uh, one of the things that I was listening to was to say is that I heard the, the colors that you were speaking about, the flowers. And yes. the And the colors. 
And when you came, when it came into the red, um, mm-hmm. I I want to say years ago, uh, my father would not allow me to wear a red dress for my mother to buy a red dress for mm-hmm. me to wear. And that was, I couldn't believe it, but I, that could not be. I would not, mm-hmm. I was not allowed to wear a red dress. So she couldn't buy a red dress for me. But now it's so much change in everything now. Yeah. And so we can be for the change. Sometimes it doesn't fit everyone, but um, it's out there. You know, it's there. I'm glad you brought that out, too, because I can remember years ago, I had an uncle, he was seven-day Adventist, and I had red nail polish on, and he had come and visited my family, and he looked at my nails, and he said, Jezebel. And I thought, you know, after knowing, because I grew up in a Judeo-Christian family, and knowing about Jezebel, that so hurt me. It was like... I was cut to the quick, and I said something to my mom after he had gone about how it made me feel, and she, you know, encouraged me and was like, you know, how your uncle can be, like, you know, just don't let it get to you, that kind of thing, but I said, wow, people don't realize those stereotypes, how hurting they can be, because I definitely never had that type of a a, a spirit as Jezebel, but for him to say it because my nails had red color on them, that was just so hurtful because the red color, it was a pretty uh, color too, pretty shade of red. It looked good on my nails, but for him to come along, was like he just crushed all of the confidence that I had um, with that one statement. So, yes, words are power, and when yeah. they're not administered in love, they can do a lot of damage to a person's esteem and, and make them feel just really bad. And and that, I, I recall that, and it kind of made me self-conscious after that. Like, I, I felt like, well, I guess I shouldn't wear red anymore on my nails. I should just have clear color or very light, 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 light pink. Like, it really did something to me. And and then years later, I reflect on that, and I said, wow, people just don't know the damage they can do to a person by what they say. And, of course, stereotypes, you know. So, yeah. Yes, so so thank you for – now, you just answered my question. Thank you. Because Mm -hmm. that's what it was. It was Jezebel. And Mm -hmm. that's what – so it was around that. And about the red dress. So yes, that's, that's what, what I think. That's probably what the answer was, but it was never said. But right. it was just an amount, and you just brought it up, and, and thank you for saying that, because now I know. But they also have, in the past, would say, and it would be if someone was um, the curvy lady, and I'm going to go back to slash the full-figure lady, mm-hmm. um, that a person that is is possibly lazy and eat all the time. So that has been put in that also. But it's not that as much as what you eat. Mm-hmm. Many times it's not 
about that is what kind of foods that you do eat. So that can be something that brought into that also because it doesn't mean the person is lazy. That's right. That person does not have to be lazy. Like we just found out tonight, you know, Charlene did share. She's a Zumba instructor, so she's definitely not a lazy woman. Um, If anyone is familiar with Zumba, Zumba, you move all the time. It's a lot of movement. It's um, what you would classify as cardio. It's upbeat cardio exercise. So it's not laid back. It's not um, something that would be considered as slow motion or slow tempo. It's very up-tempo. So that tells you right there, she's not a lazy woman. She's a mover and a shaker, so she likes to be active and she's creative. Um, so, no, you can't put people in a box and say, because I've seen a lot of lazy, skinny, or slim people. That they didn't want to work. They didn't want to go to school. They, <laughs> they didn't want to do nothing. And I thought to myself, what in the world? That's being a waste. That's just letting your life waste away. When you have yeah. the wherewithal, you have a mind that that's functioning and you have a body that's healthy, but you don't want to do anything. So you can't do that. There's dancers. I have a good friend. We we were close for much of our life um, who's a dancer, and she's a curvy woman. And, I mean, she can dance and go for a longer time than I can. And she's yeah. heavier than me in size, and she has a nice, curvaceous form. And she's healthy. She's just what they used to say, I remember when I was younger, was big bones. Some people are big bones. They were born uh, with a certain physique. I I have a cousin. She was 10 pounds when she was born, and I never known her to be skinny. And she didn't need a lot. She was just big. That's just genetically her frame, a larger size than what you would classify as the average size woman. But she's beautiful. And she's fashion forward. And, I mean, when she gets stressed up, she's turning head. So, you know, you can put people in the box. It is Warriors, Queens of Four. And Mm -hmm. I I have an article about Tyra Banks. Tyra Banks never wants to lose her curves again. Yes. And she she shouldn't have to either. If you recall, Tyra Banks received some pretty harsh criticism in 2006, after a picture surfaced of her looking less than perfect in a one-piece bathing suit. As a result, the supermodel-turned-television personality decided it was time to be more health-conscious and lost 20 pounds with the help of her colleagues. We all made a pact to do a three-month health and fitness challenge she shares in a Life and Style interview hitting newsstands nationwide this Friday. Her slimmer figure did not make her as happy as she thought it would, and she quickly regretted losing what made her sexy in the first place, her curves. I didn't like myself that small, so I gained back some weight, she shares. Now the 37-year-old has accepted that she doesn't have to look like she did 15 years ago, exclaiming, I'm proud of my curves and my butt and my bust and my thicker thighs. Mm. Instead of obsessing over everything she eats, she simply eats in moderation and stays active. It sounds like she's even used the bathing suit controversy as inspiration for her first novel, 
model land due out in September. The message of the story, she says, is really about expanding the definition of beauty, the end of this article, and but it doesn't have a date, you know, when it was written. Oh, okay. No problem. Thanks mm-hmm. for sharing that. That ties in beautifully. Oh, I with, found it. Um, I'm sorry. I found it. Yeah. Go see, I found the date. August okay. 31st, 20, yeah. August 20, August 31st, 2011. Mm. Mm-hmm. That really ties in beautifully with our mm-hmm. discussion. And thanks for sharing. Because I remember Tyra Bates um, actually saying, I think in, um, Oprah interviewed her. And she talked about her career. She talked about uh, when she had to drop that imaging. There was a imaging that people wanted her to fit into. It was a mold, and it wasn't who she really was, physically speaking. And she said, you know, it was almost like she was feeling like they were um, cutting her out of the um out of her original size, cutting her into this um almost like a paper doll, you know, making her someone that she wasn't. Mm-hmm. And she had to speak out about it and she started doing her own crusades and she started um talking about why it's necessary to be comfortable. I remember she had her own talk show. Um but she got out of that mode that they wanted her to fit in. Mm-hmm. And started becoming herself again. And I think that's that's what you have to do. If somebody's putting you in a mold and this message goes out to our listening audience and to us too on this platform, if somebody's putting you into a mold, that's not healthy. If mm-hmm. they're literally shaping out a size, a figure, a personality and saying, this is who you are, this is who you are supposed to be like, that's dangerous. When yeah. someone wants to change who you really are and make mm-hmm. you someone that you're not, I don't care how much money they attach to that, to you becoming this other something. That is not healthy. Psychologically, no. you can go through a lot of trauma. There's, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. yeah, there's emotional scars that people experience for for going through this sort of thing. So it's, this is a serious thing. We we have to learn how to embrace the who we really are so that when mm-hmm. someone's trying to make us into something that we're not, we can identify when it's happening because mm-hmm. the scary thing about it is when you decide I'll be whatever anybody wants me to be at your mm-hmm. own expense, that's scary. Yes, and I want to add too about Shakira who had to, she had a poor body image. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so she she went to counseling in 2001 and still continues, um, the last that I had read. But, you know, what you said with a certain pressure, especially with the, um, and there was another thing I wanted to connect it to, it was, you know, with Shakira and when you were said about what people want, you know, for you to be is because they feel, you know, intimidated. And oh, now I remember what I was saying, the connection is that, all right, so the non-curvy women are getting it, you know, it, you know, artificial. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, I tell you, we're definitely giving an earful to anyone out there in our listening audience 
that maybe they're not feeling very secure about themselves. I'm sure that after tonight, we have given them food for thought, and they can reassess their life. And it's like that uh, television show, Yolanda Fix My Life. (laughs) What we're doing tonight is we're helping people to fix their own life by giving them soul food, giving them the right uh, the right information, because it is essential that you are receiving good resource information, things mm-hmm. to know that will help you grow in life and become the who that you were meant to be. A lot of mm-hmm. times we are becoming other than that. We are becoming what others want us to become. And that's not fulfilling your destiny. Don't kid yourself. You are not fulfilling your destiny. You have not arrived if you're becoming who somebody else wants you to be. And you're doing it for a price. What you're doing is you're selling your soul. You're literally giving yourself away. And that is not what you should do. And uh, I also want to, here's another um, reinforcement of the article title, Are Curvy Women Really Back in Fashion? Updated mm-hmm. on October 26, 2015. And the author is Wendy, and her, her spell I-T-U-U-R-I-Z-A-G-A, so it's a Ruzaga. And here's the article. After years of on and off a dieting to try to keep to fashion standards, it looks like finally I can be happy with my rounded body. Finally, I do not need to make excuses and I can eat my cheese without feeling guilty afterwards. Much to my happiness, I see that the past few years have, been, have seen a change in fashion models. At last, the skinny model is being seen as hazardous and unhealthy, and rounder, curvy types are making a comeback all over the place. Who is considered a curvy woman? In the fashion world, someone who wears a size 14 or higher is considered curvy. The average size for a woman nowadays is a size 12 to 14. That is a bust of 90 to 95 centimeters, 75 centimeters waist, and 100 centimeters hips. More than 5,000 people who voted for the top 100 best celebrity bodies choose the more curvaceous girls at the top of the list. Thankfully, it seems that lately there is a tendency to try to convince us that curvy women are back in fashion. We see magazine cover pages with photos of Catherine Zeta-Jones, Salma Hayek, or Jennifer Lopez proudly showing their generous curves. Curvy women such as Shakira, Beyonce, and DM are becoming more and more the new fashion icons. More than 5,000 people who voted for the top 100 best celebrity bodies choose the more curvaceous girls at the top of the list. Jennifer Lopez, famed for her ample bottom, came top. Maybe finally we are accepting that men find curvy women more attractive. More and more women are showing proudly their figures rather than starving themselves to fit in a size 8 or 6. Big boobs and ample hips are no longer ashamed. Latin women, however, have always been aware of this. And if nature did not give us enough, we could always find multiple solutions such as the famous Wonder Bra, padded panties, or even the more affluent fat injections or even implants. A research suggests that curvy women are more intelligent than slim women. Mm -hmm. To top it off, last week the BBC published research 
by scientists at the universities of Pittsburgh and California suggested that curvy women are cleverer. So on top of being sexy, we can say that we are more intelligent than the skinny girls. Fantastic. The American researchers used data from a study of 16,000 women, including details of their body measurements and their scores and cognitive tests. They found that these women, with a greater difference between the waist and hips, scored significantly higher on the intelligent test, and so did their children. This suggests that women with an hourglass figure are brighter and have cleverer children, too. This could be explained as a result of higher levels of omega-3 fatty acids on the hips. In this area, the fat is likely to be full of omega-3, which could improve the woman's own mental abilities as well as those of her child during pregnancy as the omega-3 fatty acids are essential for the growth of the brain during pregnancy. I'm sorry. I got so tickled, though, with you reading that because, yes, there is a science aspect to this. You know, like I was just saying, one of the most influential women and successful women in business right now and wealthy uh, woman in as far as American icons are concerned is Oprah Winfrey. And think of it. This is a full-figure woman. And when you begin to describe um, anatomically and in terms of bioscience facts, why um, the full-figure woman is considered more intelligent and even concerned considered why the babies benefit better um, as far as the fatty acid, omega-3, we know, feeds the brain or nourishes the brain. Um, We have to consider these things. So somebody's trying to tell you you are curvy and somebody's trying to tell you you need to drop 40 pounds and 50 pounds, um, excuse me, you didn't make me? You (laughs) cannot break me. And I think we got to we got to respond to things with that type of a challenge or contest. Let them know. I will not be made into someone or something that I'm not. And I'm made this way for a reason. You know, there's that song, um, uh, Aguilera uh, wrote, You Are Beautiful, you know, and and that became a song that a lot of different people uh, tended to use as their anthem, especially those that are consistently being challenged because they're not ashamed or afraid to be different. Uh, so we need to learn why we are beautiful, and you are beautiful as you are. Don't think that you have to become someone else or something else or look a certain way to be beautiful. You are beautiful as you are. And when you learn that and accept the beauty that you have in your unique and originality self, then you can appreciate the beauty in others even better. And uh, there's also the song Beautiful Mariah featuring Miguel. Yes. Mm -hmm. And I believe what we listen to Mm -hmm. is forming our opinion about who and what we become. Mm -hmm. And we need to be careful of that because if someone Mm -hmm. is not celebrating you 
in your uniqueness and and the difference about you, if they're not embracing that, then we need to start making some deductions as for the, the people that we allow to be in our inner circle. Because the people who are in your inner circle or, or that are close to you, I know there's that saying, keep your enemies closer, but in some instances, your enemies shouldn't be too close. Um, it's like that saying, you knew I was a snake when you let me in. You know, when the person, the man, the parable, the man that brought in the snake because the snake was frozen, he brought in the snake and he uh, set the snake in front of the fireplace so the snake could um, thaw off. And then all of a sudden he hears this hissing and that snake was about to strike him. And he's like, well, why would you do that? I brought you in and I, you know, gave you a nice warm uh you know, place to be. You were out in the cold and frozen. I brought you in my house. And, and then the snake talks to him and says, you knew I was a snake when you let me in. You know, there was so, some, um, yeah, yeah, I don't believe was, in letting yeah. a snake in my inner circle. I think we need to be careful of the people that we are intimate with. And if the person that you're being intimate with in your inner circle is not worthy, meaning if they're not going to build you up and they're tearing you down, uh, then if they're killing your confidence, crushing your confidence, they should not be in your inner circle. You need to separate in that regard. You know, don't have them close to you. And I know that a lot of people tend to, I've heard it thrown around that saying, you know, keep your enemies closer. Well, you got to be careful about that too. You know, sleeping with the enemy can cost you your life. Mm -hmm. I'm sorry. So, going back to the article, or the rest of the Mm -hmm. article, and the other uh, the audience can read. Let me see. Research. A research suggests that curvy women are more intelligent than slim women. Oh yes, I read. And there was something about um, about which what I said about with Shakira when she was going through counseling therapy, you know, for you know, um, you know, her poor body image and what she had wished she had was the opposite. So she was under pressure, you know, to do that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you know what? Um, I'm glad you shared that about Shakira because I think she's. She's a phenomenal uh, mm-hmm. musical icon. Um, I really have grown to appreciate her as an artist. And mm-hmm. I think that she has her own unique uh, voice, style. And she not only plays the guitar and strums on that guitar so, I would say, eloquently as she sings, but she also can dance. This is eloquent, and I just think she's a three-in-one. She does the singing, the dancing, and she's her own musician. She's awesome, and I think that she's an artist that doesn't always, you know, receive the accolades that she should, Um, but, yeah, she's an awesome artist. She's iconic. Yes, and see, that's what it is. And besides, you know, the important thing is not just being curvy, but being smart. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
And I often think when you think about modeling, mm-hmm. the a lot of the artists years ago, and I'm thinking, I guess, the Renaissance painters, they preferred the curvy women. <laughs> when you consider, like, the portraits that were became the most famous <laughs> ones, they were always, the, like, the Mona Lisa and different ones. They were the curvy women. <laughs> And some men will say it outright. I like a woman with meat on her bones. I like a woman, you know, I I want something to hold on. I don't want a bone. I want some meat. So, so, I mean, to a certain degree, curvy women can, they might be having a little more love and admiration than what some people think. They might be getting a little more love than the skinny women nowadays. And even in the past, because I thought about that. I said all of the the fine art portraits, the majority of them, the women that uh, the portraits that were most admired were of women who were curved, curvaceous, or curvy women. Even the original uh, Venus, we saw the original one. She wasn't those, those thin skin or, or or anorexic looking or bony like smile like you know, she was curvaceous. Oh yeah, and I know the backstory behind it about mythology. <laughs> I can imagine. <laughs> <laughs> so we hope tonight any woman that hears this, even the ones that will hear the archive link that is a cur- curvaceous woman or curvy woman, or you like the term full size, full figure woman, big bone, because some people are still using that. <laughs> I heard a man say, my woman is big bone. I'm like, okay. <laughs> I like big bone woman. Good, good, good. So okay. if you're that, look, we're hoping tonight that you're feeling some kind of good because we're giving you your flowers while you can smell them. We're letting you know we appreciate and love who you are. You're beautiful just as you are. Don't change for anyone. Just accent that beauty. And if you do happen to need to, um, for health reasons, to drop some pounds, do it for health reasons. Mm-hmm. Don't do it because yeah. you're trying to be uh, liked by someone else. Do it for your own good. Yes, indeed. Yes, that's the only reason you should, if you want to lose weight, do it because you have to, because you feel the need if it's affecting your health. But just to do it because somebody wants you to look a certain way to please them, forget it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because I sort of, um, oh, my, I don't like to put people's names out there, but... um. The celebrity Star Jones, who's also a law a law um, lawyer, I believe, um, and she used to be one of the women who hosted and was a part of the panel on The View at one time with Barbara Waters. But I remembered her saying that she had lost all the weight. She had a procedure done, I believe, or she lost all that weight because. Um, she wanted to be a certain size for the man that she was marrying. 
And I don't think that it even lasted. I don't think that it was something long-term, but she did all of that to please him. And I think um, all in all, she wasn't satisfied with herself. So that goes to show you, you know, when you do it for others, that's not the way to go. No. And I also want to add too that uh, J Lo fired one of her managers because he wanted her to, because uh, J Lo fired one of her managers that wanted her to get rid of her curves. Oh my. Mm-hmm. Very, very dangerous world out there. Mm-hmm. We just have to really know what's in our best interest. Um, I can tell, though, Jennifer Lopez, it, um, she has had some things done. Cause I remember she was real curvy. Curvy, curvy, curvy. Like you would say, junk in your trunk. Mm-hmm. From the hip down, the them hips and thighs. She was really, really curvy. But she has, I noticed she's toned down. I know she's older now. Mm-hmm. And she has toned up in such a way where it's not like it was in the past. Mm-hmm. It's not like it was in the past. But, um,. Women just have to know when to say when. I mean, some things we should tone up, and then other things, you can go to the extreme with anything if you're not careful. Right. Um, a lot of people go to, to the extreme with working out, and it can cost them their life. You know, I've heard a story mm-hmm. from that, too. You know, you can hurt yourself internally from doing too much uh, physically, too. Um, so you do need to keep, I would tell anyone, consult with your doctor. If you're going to go in any type of a fitness regimen, consult with your doctor first. Know what's good and healthy for your type. Everybody's blood type is different. Mm -hmm. Know what type of diet is best. And doctors can tell because they study certain things and they know you for blood type. What type of a diet is a healthier diet for you? Um, they know your history, your medical history, your family uh, medical history. Um, so it is important. Consult with a physician. Um, if you're going to work out, have a fitness trainer with you. A lot of times uh, these different gyms, they have someone that's available on hand there to assist you in your workout regimen because you don't want to hurt yourself. Uh, you got to be careful. You can cause irreparable damage to your body. So. It's important that you know what's in your best interest, that you're careful, conscious, health conscious, always health conscious. And um, sleep also, we don't sleep Mm -hmm. enough. There was a study done, you should have seven to eight hours of sleep. A lot of people think that five hours is okay. Mm -hmm. And power naps is okay with five hours of sleep. No, you're supposed to sleep straight through for your body every day at least eight hours. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, it requires discipline to do that. Yes, that means you're going to have to shut it all down at a certain time that you may want to stay up. 
Yes, it means you're going to have to, if you do have to break it down because you have a, a work shift that's kind of crazy and you do have to break it into two parts. I sleep four hours at this time and then I sleep four hours later. Do what you must, but make sure you're getting that eight hours every day within 24 hours. Um, and also be careful of what you eat. Because I remember one time I was having, I thought it was insomnia. And the doctor was like, um, well, tell me a little about what you eat. And I said, I, my husband was with me, so he told on me. And he said, I've been noticing my, hus- my wife is asking me, to get her some M&M peanuts, dark chocolate. He said, dark chocolate, dark chocolate, chocolate because I I did have a form of anemia, which was causing me to crave certain things. And the Mm -hmm. dark chocolate, believe it or not, is good for your blood. Yeah, it has uh, antioxidant. But the problem with that was, the dark chocolate, he said, was keeping me up at night. Mm. The rich, whatever content in that dark chocolate, it was. So I had to cut out that. It was the dark chocolate that was doing it. Mm. And when I cut it out, I noticed my sleep pattern resumed to what was normal again. So, yeah, you got to look at your diet. If you're a type of person, you're having a frappuccino before you go to bed at night. They say what's good to do if you have to have something sweet to drink, if you have warm milk and honey, mm-hmm. warm milk and honey, it will help you to have to go to sleep faster. I don't know what it is about honey and warm milk, but they yeah. say oh, you know it's what? not just I for children, it's for adults. Yeah, I remember reading about honey. This is Warriors Queens of Forest that honey stops, you know, sleepwalking. See, there you go. So, well, and sleepwalking, oh, my goodness. Um, some people are more prone to it than others. It can also be hereditary. I know my mother told me that she used to, she used to do it, and they used to actually have stopper. Like, she was literally getting up in her sleep, walking and going somewhere mm-hmm. from a child. So... Sometimes things are hereditary. With me, I wasn't sleepwalking. I was soul travel. So in my dreams, I was literally, every time I went to sleep, I I was going and visiting places. (laughs) So I was like, well, mom used to physically do it. I'm doing it when I go to sleep. (laughs) I'm like somewhere else, and I would wake up like, where am I? (laughs) Because I was just somewhere else. It was so real. But I do think we have to be cautious and conscious of things. Some people sleep with certain crystals because crystals um, emanate certain energies. I was told um, rose quartz, if you have rose quartz, don't put that under your pillow. Don't have it too close to you when you're going to sleep because it's a very strong vibrational energy that it emanates and it can literally. Uh, kind of, it does something vibration in a vibrational um, way as for your balance, which can kind of make you a little too much of an empath where you're a little too in sync with everything that's going on in the atmosphere, and it can kind of interrupt your sleep 
where uh, the purple, the amethyst, is supposed to um, exude a certain vibrational energy which aids you with relaxation, relaxation of body, soul, and mind, where you can sleep better and your dreams are vivid, but they're not, it's just not too much. It has a tendency of pulling, um, attracting a lot of things, a little mm-hmm. too much. Yeah. Now, what about, excuse me, I did find another name for the ladies. I, I spoke about it with Miss Brown. Oh, okay. And guess what it is? Guess what we? Guess what? It's big. I wanted to make sure I quoted Mr. Mr. Dave Wilkes. Big, beautiful women pageant international. And this is his 19th year. And he has been, he needs to be commended because he saw the need for this many years ago because it would have to be 19 years ago when he had his first pageant. Guess what? That was what she was mentioning about. She said, I know this man had, she did say that. And that's when I let her know know that I knew him and I would be able to give her this and connect her with him. Or we would be called big, beautiful women. Uh So he didn't use full-size women. He didn't use any of that big, beautiful women. Right. Whereas that's what he and it's international, and 19 years he had done this prior. This would be his 19th year, so this would be very good because uh, for her connection with him, and yeah, uh, we just never know how far this may go with this. So there is then what I would be saying too. There must be a reason why a gentleman decided to do this. Because it's the awareness that he wanted to bring to the attention, and here's a man, and how right men for men, but you know, to women. That's right, because men do converse or have conversations with each other about women a lot, and they talk about how we're shaped. They talk about what they like about how we're shaped and things like that. So for a man to do a pageant and one that um, highlights the beauty of women whom are big, beautiful, uh, that's awesome because that's breaking a lot of stereotypes too. And it's proven that, yes, men do find women attractive that are big and beautiful as well. Yes, and here's what here's what was the uh, the underlying of, of that was was eighteen years of promoting plus size, beauty, style, talent and intelligence. Mhm. So it's all edifying everything that was said pertaining to that that size woman. So now I'm going to ask you: Should I email you, um, email your uh, e- email your information to Charlene as for your email address and telephone number? Yes, please do. Yes, 
the phone okay, number. Okay, because I'm going to make sure she has your contact and you'll have hers yes, as well. Yes, that would be fine. Thank you so very much. And You're very welcome. Commending both of you for what you're doing is uh, bringing the awareness of things that need to be and giving people a platform to speak about things that are in our community that should be uh, discussed and things that uh, we should share with each other and support each other. And so uh, kudos to both of you for what Thank you're you. doing. Yeah, and uh, I also want to add, too, about, you know, with the whole body image, another entertainer, Jada Pinkett Smith, embraces new curves. She had gained 8 to 10 pounds, yes, and this was an article with a picture of herself. This was March the 1st, 2014. I'm skipping down to it. Smith noticed that she was gaining weight when a friend sent her the photo. She said that after seeing the photo, she realized she had put on about 8 to 10 pounds but decided it looked good on her and she would not worry about trying to work it off. Mm-hmm. That's another influential uh, woman in, in uh, media and uh, film. Yes, indeed. That's good news. Very much. So there's so there's so much to learn and so much of information uh, out here. It really is. It's abundant mm-hmm. of it. But it, even with the technology, is so great. But we still have to be able to have a conversation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We still, even though we still have to have a conversation with someone, but sometimes that brings on a much more uh, connection when when you have the conversation with somebody. You know, you build that relationship like that. I mean, the technology is going to be here, and it's going to be here, and we're going to go forth. And I'm I'm learning as much as I can, but I don't uh-huh. want to forget what we used to do and how we held on to relationships the way we did before. Yes, yes. Wow, I love that. So true. Yeah, so that 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 is what we have to continue to do too. Just as well and even bring the younger in bring the younger people in and let them have some uh some say, you know, say so in the conversation. Mhm. I agree to that. So it's been a great night, it's been a great night and I'm gonna yeah. I'm gonna I think I'm gonna have to leave you too. Okay, no problem. <laughs> you stayed on for the entirety because we just have ten about ten more minutes uh left and we're gonna close out for tonight. But thank you so much for the information and even your willingness to share and connect with our feature artist and special guest who is in the spotlight, Ms. Charlene R. Brown. Thank you again so very much. And thank you. And I'm gonna. And I have a, a saying that I say to people, which I'm gonna say mm-hmm. to both of you. I'm gonna keep both of you. <laughs> thank you, both of you. Okay, so you know that uh, you'll be kept by me. Yes. Oh, we are thank honored you. to be kept by you. Thank you. 
Thank you. Good night. Good night. Peace and blessings. And continue the best. Continue what you're doing. Uh, we, we sure will. We sure will. And listen, when Zipporah has her book published, she will be coming to the Yaden Public Library where she can do her book signings mm-hmm. and stuff. She's looking forward to it. All right, I hear that, and I'm peeking out over the fence. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's coming soon, everyone. You'll be hearing about it. Yes, indeed. Mm-hmm. All right, so I'm going to, you know, give the suggested reading, and then I'm going to close out. Okay, thank you. All right, you're welcome. So tonight's suggested reading is I Know Why the Cage Bird Sings by Maya Angelou. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that's it. All right. Well, thank you. I'm I'm telling you, we had an awesome show tonight. Mm -hmm. I'm glad that Everyone that was able to call in and those that tuned in did so. I'm glad for us having the special guest, feature artist. It was phenomenal. Um, I think we're going to see a lot of things happening in, this upcom- in the upcoming months and weeks that all kind of tie together because it seems like there's this one underlying theme with every show that we have, and it has to do with, the need for empowerment within the community. There's so many people who have been voiceless for too long, and I believe this show's platform, one of our missions is definitely to give a voice to the voiceless. There are some uh, artists out there who have been unsung heroes and heroes, and they have done so much using their platform as artists to promote social justice reform. And it's our duty to make sure that their voices are heard and their stories are told. And that's why we come on this show's platform every week, ladies and gentlemen. It's all about you. We are community-centered and a community-based format. That's the type of format that we give for this show's platform. And we want everyone to know that if you call in, if you're tuned in, we care. And we're about supporting you. We're about giving you that space, giving you that opportunity to be discovered if you're not already, and also to be uh, supported because there's so many artists out there that are still struggling and starving artists. We want to end that dilemma. It should not continue. It is the silent killer. Uh, Too many within the artist community are dying too soon because they're not being well supported and they're not feeling the love. It's not strong enough, people. So we need to shine our light, those that are considered light workers and those that are children of light, whatever you want to call yourself, that has to do with positive energy, being a good spirit in the universe. We need to make sure that we emanate the vibrations a little more stronger than we have been doing because there's so many out there, they're not feeling the love 
And because when you don't feel the love and you don't think that you're loved or supported, you become vulnerable to the negative forces out there and the adverse theories, which are adverse winds, contrary winds, and adverse uh, spirits and energy. And then what happens is you can become so despondent, you become hopeless, and when you're hopeless, you become destitute, and when you're destitute, you become prey to all wicked, all wickedness. So we need to really encourage each other. We need to uphold each other. We need to be strength to one another. There's just too many out there that are falling prey and victim because they're not well supported. So let's encourage each other. Let's stay um, a strong support to one another, and let's be there for each other. Yes, indeed. Artist for right. artists. That's what I say. Artist for artists. Let's build bridges and not walls. Let's build bridges. <laughs> That's going to be my new my new motto for the rest of this month. Building bridges, not walls. Let's build bridges. <laughs> Uniting each other. We need to unite. It's enough division. Walls divide. Mm-hmm. Yes, indeed. And I think that's a that's that's by design, devastation by design is building walls. When you know that this universe is is it's it's made up of a lot of connections, networks, connections. We are supposed to be a bridge for others, not a wall. We we're not supposed to be building walls to divide. So when you start hearing people speaking that type of dialogue that is very divisive when they're talking about building walls. It's time for us <laughs> to build bridges. Yes, I'm I'm saying this over the radio waves because it needs to be <laughs> That's divisive. It was like laughing at the symbolism. <laughs> yes, we gotta stop it. Crush it. Crush it people. Let's crush that because it's time to build bridges. That era of building walls, what happened to the, the wall? What was it? The wall of Berlin? Didn't it come yeah. down? Yeah. And the statue, even the statue of Stalin, am I saying his name right, came down? And I think it was yeah. Reagan said uh, to to knock down the wall. <laughs> Wait a minute. Reagan said knock down the wall. So, Trump, you got a lot to learn, buddy. You're way yeah. off. <laughs> and Reagan was a Republican's Republican. <laughs> so, yeah, we support. We're mm-hmm. about supporting and mm-hmm. helping others, especially our artists yeah. out there who have been mm-hmm. starving and struggling far too long. That's yeah. what we're about. And you know, um, you know what? I just did a mind change. Even though I said I was going to sign off, but since you mentioned Trump, I'm going to go to the next section. It's not much. It's just, okay. you know, yeah, so yes. it's a, yeah, so anti-Trump art warriors resistance. 
Mm-hmm. And here's the intro. The relationship between villains and followers is unequal since villains kill followers for failing missions and don't help their injuries. Mm. Section A, films. Number one, Creed 2, trailer with Felicia Rashad and Michael B. Jordan. Message, music, lyric, I got royalty in my DNA. Section B, show. Watcats, the Radical Squadron. The Ghost Pilot episode. Summary, the Red Links, the most evil pilot in history, comes back from the dead to get revenge against the living ancestor of the pilot who shot him down, Mayor Manx. All right, mm-hmm. Section C. Mm-hmm. Section C, music. Number one, Son of a Gun by Janet Jackson, original and remix. And number two, Meek Mill featuring Miguel Stay Woke, an emotional police brutality live at 2018 BET Awards. And letter D, messages. Section D, rather. Number one. It used to be priceless to mind your business, but unfortunately now costs. Number two, calling cops on moors for no reason is accomplices to criminals. Accomplice, a person who helps another, another commit a crime. And number three, resistance is unlicensed fighters. The end. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I tell you, very good to share that. Mm-hmm. And we must, I've I've been hearing the word resist, resist, resist mm-hmm. a lot. With all that's going on today, even mm-hmm. with what number 45 is endorsing mm-hmm. and promoting, we got to remember, we've got to resist a lot mm-hmm. of what we're seeing. It's just not right. It's just not justified. And it's not good for the nation. It's not going to make America great again. People don't fall for that trap. Um, the only thing that's going to make America great again is, number one, we have to love and respect one another. And uh, when this nation becomes a friend to its own and we stop discriminating against one another, America will become great. And it will be a great day for America, but as long as we have a head of state and the commander-in-chief that's talking about building a wall and talking about (laughs) all this divisive dialogue, talking about dividing us, we're not going to be great. So we have to stop encouraging and promoting things and people. Uh, that are not really for America being great again. Mm-hmm. It takes us uniting. Yeah. That's right. United we stand. Divided we fall. Yes. And the Aesop said that saying. Yeah, and I'm I'm with the the three musketeers, all for one and one one for all. Alexander um, Dumas. <laughs> yeah, how about that? We've got to really get there and be there. Mm-hmm. As a as a as a as a united front, we can achieve whatever the goals are that this country has or should have. 
but we can't do it divided and building walls. And what's going on right now, separating families, separating children from their parents, we, we've got to come up with some better ways of dealing with dealing with the issues that we have. And we and can. Most, and most of all, we got to be aware of distractions. That's true. We do. And be aware of distractions of what, you know, number 45 is doing, you know, separating the families and all those distractions so he can continue to destroy the, need, the needs, that, you know, they gave this country. That's it, and we've got to we got to recognize these things that are happening uh, by the government or those that are in power. Uh, when it's not for the whole of us uh, having a better life, it's not for us. Um, and I look at the situation at hand, the detention centers where these children are being held. I looked, and it's it was scaring me. What I thought I was seeing it was supposed to be like blankets. I saw the children. Mm-hmm. First of all, it, they were inside. It looked like a cage mm-hmm. and a fence, and that's a human rights violation. You're not to even cage animals. Now um, uh, there's violations uh, and citations given if a person reports that farms are caging uh, chickens and things like that. Mm-hmm. They're supposed to be able to walk around freely, have a certain yeah. amount of you know, space where they can walk around without a cage engagement. Yeah. Um, so I'm looking, I'm seeing these children in cages. That's exactly what it looks like. And then yeah, they know, have, it, it looks like a mat. They don't even have beds for them. It looks mm-hmm. like a mat. And they're laying on these mats on the ground. And um, what I thought it looked like I was seeing, the blankets looked like aluminum foil was on top of them. Mm-hmm. It looked like some. Did you notice that? Like the blankets, they weren't like regular blankets. Um, yeah, I saw it like a, yeah, I saw. I thought that's what they were at first, aluminum foil. Yeah, it looked like and aluminum foil. Connect, I'm like, what yeah. kind of stuff is that? Yeah, and I also want to connect to, you know, um, you know, the copycatting of you know indigenous reservations. Yeah, that, I'm going to tell you what I heard. A man that was a, a Holocaust survivor was on the news, and he said, this is an outrage, and he said it's reminding him too much of what went on during the time when he was in the concentration camp. Mm -hmm. That's scary. Mm -hmm. I'm like, where in the world? I said, you know what? We are living in a day in America that is the worst. Mm -hmm. I have to say this. It is the work. We have really come to the end of a era of of what you would consider as benevolent action mm-hmm. rendered by this nation to its neighbors and even to its own. I've never seen anything like this. And it's not supposed to happen in America. No. Not in North America, not, you know, where we're, you know, everybody comes to is for, I mean, I, I, I'm i just that, you know, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, you're right. Together. Go ahead. <laughs> I shouldn't be laughing. It's not funny. I mean, I, I just can't, you know, like, like, who's that someone said America doesn't, America does not have tyrants. 
Now the last yeah, time I, we I've had never was known King, it. Yes, yeah, yeah. The last time we had was King George the Third, you know, of England, and then we fought that off. And it, it's just, um, it's. Uh, uh, what can I say? I mean, it's, I can't find the right word. You know, it's ridiculous. This is it's, it's the worst. Mm-hmm. And I mm-hmm. feel for these children because I'm like, what impression are are is America leaving on them? Mm-hmm. Um, it's just terrible. It's terrible for children, and they they played a recording on one of the news broadcast I was tuned into and the child was saying, Can you please let my aunt take me with her? Let me go with my aunt. Since she won't let me go with my mom, can you please let me go with my aunt? Can I talk to her? And I'm like, how can they not allow the children to even have a conversation with their loved ones? They're depriving them of their families. Mm-hmm. This is not yeah, good. Monsters, no, and these monsters are doing it because it makes them feel powerful if they can hurt. Yeah, I mean, to me, that's terrorism, and and, and that's exactly what it is. That's terroristic. Um, I I just can't consign with that. I I'm I I can't concur with that sort mm-hmm. of treatment. It's wrong. Uh, yeah. And it seems like the uh, the ancestors, they, it seems that their spirit is like coming out with a vengeance for sure. Yeah, and I, I tell you, mm-hmm. these children, they're, mm-hmm. these children are going to hate mm-hmm. this government mm-hmm. for allowing this to happen to them. We're, it's like we're breeding enemies by this. They don't realize that these children are going to grow up and become adults one day. And they're not going to forget this. And and where this treatment occurs. You know what I'm saying? And it's like, why are we doing this to them? Mm-hmm. And, yeah. I'm, you know, I'm, I, I just can't. Mm-hmm. There is no reasoning. It makes mm-hmm. no sense. Yeah. for this to be happening. They don't deserve yeah. this. And there's a better way. We can come up with better concepts and ways of dealing with the issue. Yes, mm-hmm. we have an issue with a lot of immigrants here that are not mm-hmm. legal. Okay. Mm-hmm. We yeah. can deal with this in a different way, though. Right. Mm-hmm. And in a way that's civil, in a way that's humane. Mm-hmm. Why are we resorting to doing this? This is not right. You know, I, I'm just, you know, I want to comment on what you said about, you know, the why we're doing this this way is a show as a warning, you know, for illegal immigrants, you know, this is what will happen when you try to, you know, come to our country illegally. Well, I thought that. The monster solutions. And I said, well, why don't you just support them? But why are you doing this, detaining the mm-hmm. children who are the innocent? And why are you mm-hmm. separating them from their families? Just deporting them back and letting them know or having them earn their way since they're mm-hmm. already here. 
saying, well, these are the things that you're going to be required to do, mm-hmm. and this is how you can acquire your citizenship. Mm-hmm. Can't we come up with some kind of contract agreement, some some other way than to detain their children mm-hmm. and subject them to harsh living conditions, whether it's temporary or permanent, this type of situation where they can't even have a conversation with the little girls asking, well, can I please talk to my aunt if I can't see my mom and talk to my parents? Can I talk to my aunt? Can I go with her? I mean, the children, they don't understand. Right. And, uh, you know, their whole this, world uh, is, is and, upside down. Now. And this, uh, this, the Swedish proverb just came to mind. The thief thinks everybody else is a thief. So these monsters that we have in government and doing so much evil themselves, they think everybody else is too. And the second thing I want to say is I uh, have yet to hear about uh, Mexico's president, uh, Enrique Nieto, you know, saying something about the situation. I mean, it's like, I don't know. It's it's just, I thought that we were supposed to say, bring me, you know, we were telling them to bring, you know, come, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to uh, quote that quote. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the words written on the Statue of Liberty. Give me your tired, your poor, mm-hmm. your huddled masses yearning to breathe free. The wretched refuse of your teeming shore. Send these, the homeless, tempest tossed to me. I lift my lamp beside the golden door. Now, that's these are the words on the Statue of Liberty. Give me your tired, your poor. Your huddled masses yearning to breathe free. The wretched refuse of your teeming shore. Send these, the homeless, tempest-tossed to me. I lift my lamp beside the golden door. What happened to that? Yeah, I would um, like to read a, um, an indigenous saying. Someday the earth will weep, she will beg for her life, she will cry with tears of blood. You will make a choice if you will help her or let her die, and when she dies, you too will die. And this is from John Hollowhorn, Oglala, Lakota. Mm-hmm. This is what we we must not forget. They want us to forget the powers that be that don't care, mm-hmm. that don't give, that say, like, Milana's jacket, what was written on the back of mm-hmm. her mm-hmm. trench coat. Uh, you know, I don't care. Mm-hmm. Do you? I mean, you know, come on. You're the first lady. And and you feel justified to wear something, saying that I I I don't get it. Mm-hmm. We should care. We should. We should care. We should care what's going on. 
about what's going on. We should care that it be resolved, that it not continue. We should care. And I think the moment that we stop caring, we become blind to our population here in America, and we no longer care, we become a menace to this society. Because it's the compassion and it's the care that meets with resolve or it prompts resolve to occur. Because we need resolution. We need answers. We need change for the better. We need resolution. We need things to stop happening that should not continue. We need things to start happening that have not yet begun. We need a change. And and it takes compassion. It takes caring. Being concerned about every living citizen or dweller here for that to happen, especially by those that are in the seat of authority and, and hold the power within their hands. And I just, you know, I look at what's happening and I'm like, wow. You know, America definitely, we, we definitely need, we need change. Things can't continue the way they're going if we expect resolve or resolution. Other than that, you might as well prepare yourselves. You might as well get ready. There's going to be another civil war. We might as well get ready for it. Because people are not going to continue to live this way. And they're, the oppression, people are already ready for it to stop. And there's a group already hostile enough that will revolt. Oh, yeah. And they're saying, we're not going to tolerate this. I'm not going to be nobody's slave. I'm definitely not going to be living in oppression for another decade. And we're not going to have this. What happened in the past is not going to be the present. Mm-hmm. So if Trump does not stop the madness, it will be stopped for him. You got to remember with the NRA too, you have the militia. With the militia, they definitely swear by and die by the Constitution. Mm-hmm. They have we have the right to bear arms, but also the issue of citizens' arrest. Meaning, if the government decides they do not want to uphold the ordinances of its creed and what was stated in the original edict, then we, the people, have a right to take Mm -hmm. over, take our streets back, take our cities back. The power returns into our hands. Mm -hmm. And it's not just a white thing. It's a people thing. There are NRA members that are black, too. I have licensed 
hunters in my family and licensed gun owners. Generations of them, men and women. It's just a people thing. You have the right to protect what's yours. And that right is not to be taken away from you. And we just have to admit to the fact it's coming down to that. It's going to be an all-out war again. But this time it's going to be in-house because you have a divided house. Mm-hmm. You have a group that wants to take your power from you, and you have a group that's saying, we will resist. So it comes down to what side are you going to be on? And I have to say, I don't know about anybody else, but I'm ready, and we need to be ready because it's on. And the president that we have is not a coincidence. It, it was all by design. Mm-hmm. And I also want to share a piece of art, a shirt with you, um, the indigenous on the front holding guns, rifles, and saying, with the message, fighting terrorism since 1492. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's right. And again, this is the truth. Being a descendant having national heritage distinction, great-grandfather on both sides of my family, Native. If you were not here before 1492, you are a descendant of an immigrant. That goes for Trump and the majority of those holding seats within Congress that are white. Yes. So hell no, we won't go. This is our land. Those who are of indigenous heritage, we know we have a right. The soles of our feet have a right to tread on any land of this, which was originally called Turtle Island. Yes. And, and we will not add, give that right away. No. We've been here since 700 A.D. The Moors and indigenous. Their descendants were squatters here. They owned <laughs> nothing. Our forefathers owned this land. So they have no right to it. And we need to do what we have to do. Those that need to get your citizenship status upgraded, you can do what you must. Mm -hmm. But this allow anyone to take away your rights, your power, your rights to this land, or your rights to bear arms. Because ultimately, you may have to defend yourself and your family. And you have that right. It's according to the Constitution, you have that right to bear arms. Mm-hmm. 
right. I'm signing off for tonight. This is Warriors Queens of Horace Thelman. All right. Well, mm-hmm. I do want to say thank you again. Thank you, co-host Warriors Queens of Horace Thelman. It's always a pleasure. Thank you for being such a good resource on the show's platform, being the librarian and all of the articles shared and the information um, that you provided was good. Can you restate the suggested reading as well for everyone? Sure. Tonight's suggested reading for Tuesday, June the 26th, 2018, is I Know Why the Caged Bird Sings by Maya Angelou, or rather, the late Maya Angelou. All right. Thank you so much. All right, ladies and gentlemen, thanks for tuning in to episode 221 of the Exceptional Scribble Show. I am your host, Sage, the poet. That is my signature. And I'm saying to all, we're signing off for tonight. We'll be back on next week, Tuesday, 8 o'clock p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Be safe, stay inspired, and continue. Continue to own your soul. Do not let anyone take it away from you. Power to the people. Fight the power. (laughs) That's right. Fight the powers that be. Resist, resist, resist. Don't forget, we must. It is a matter of life. We will not die. Never say die. It is a matter of life. Resist, resist, resist. Peace and blessings to all. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family cannolis and spins mean everything now you want to get mixed up in the family business introducing the godfather at chumpacasino.com test your luck in the shadowy world of the godfather slot someday i will call upon you to do a service for me play the godfather now at chumpacasino.com welcome to the family vdw group no purchase necessary void where prohibited by law see terms and conditions 18 plus